Warning, the following program contains some language which may be offensive to some listeners and or inappropriate for children. The content within this program is intended for mature audience only. Listener discretion is advised. Kind podcast here with uh, Jesus Rodriguez, Johnny B. Johnny B in the house. Danny B. What up? We got the Polo Man. Then we got Miguel Munoz. What it do? And also we have a very special guest, all the way from uh, Texas, uh, Chente. Chente, what's up? What's going on, everyone? How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, I, just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not in Texas, bro. What? Uh, Who started that rumor in Texas then? <laughs> no, this is this is good, this is good content. What a great start. Where, where are you? <laughs> hey man, I'm currently I currently reside in Port Wainimi. What? Check that out. Check the map, yeah, man. This is where the Chumash people used to come and rest, bro, before, I you know, before the whole Spanish conquest and then they, before, you know, the whole oh, so, U.S. So, conquest, you so, know, so, the manifest destiny shit. Damn. Yeah. Hey, it's so, so it's Port Wainimi. Uh-huh. I'm surrounded by two naval bases. Uh, the Port Wainimi naval base on one side, and then on the other side, the Point Magoon uh, naval base. Okay. And then, um, and then surrounded, and then surrounded, uh, we have Oxnard, and then a bunch of just yeah. like strawberry fields. Yeah, and yeah. A bunch of farms, bro. Yeah, farms I was gonna say you're. Garden, I was gonna say you're by the Santa Barbara 101 area side of uh, of SoCal, right? Yeah, just a, just a bit of, uh, north of Los Angeles, um, I'll see about like yeah. 30, probably like 37 miles north of LA. Yeah, check this out, Chente. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to be, uh, to find myself in, uh, in February. So uh, I did a solo trip down to LA slash Disney, and I, I purposely took the 101 so I can stop at the Shumash uh, Casino. Um so I stopped there. The first game I played within like a minute, I hit the lotto. So I was up like three hundred dollars. I should have collected my cash and go home. 
Pero, le, you know, you get greedy. You, they don't teach us how to manage your money back in school. You learn, you learn the hard way. So I started spending it. I went down 600 you know, like within an hour. But, yeah, that's how, that's how I'm familiar with the Shumash people. I'm, I'm always happy to donate to any uh, Native American casino, especially in the slots. <laughs> Why did this one go straight to the casinos? Yeah, dude. Because he's a sucker. Because he's a sucker. Because okay. yeah. he's a sucker. Yeah. Yeah. That's all yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, that's that's a problem. Yeah. He's a degenerate gambler. Hey, Chete. Chete, Miguel Munoz. You remember Miguel? Yeah, I remember Miguel. What's up, Chete? He has a question for you. No, no, no. No, it's for Danny. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Chete, let's... Okay, so you were born in L.A., right? Yeah, man. Um, well, it's complicated, bro. The old city is just fuck. It's just filled with like a bunch of communities and cities within cities, bro. I don't know. The old layout's a bit trippy, but yeah, to answer your question, yes, man. I was born um, in the UCLA Memorial Hospital, bro. Oh, that's dope. It's like county hospital. I was yeah. born in the county hospital, but it's located in Torrance. Torrance, that's what's up, dude. Yeah, yeah, I don't I was, know how well you guys know the city of LA and the landscape of LA, but yeah, man, UCLA Memorial Hospital in Torrance. Gotcha. Yeah, I was born in um, I was born in uh, I think it's Comp. I'm not sure if it's Inglewood or Comp. It's Inglewood or you're not or, sure. Why are you gonna talk about it's that? It's it, again, like Chenta was saying, it's because you literally cross a line. It's within LA, <laughs> but within LA, there's pockets. I'm there's, just messing with you, man. Um, it's okay. And I was born in the uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Hospital, actually. Oh yeah, you're in Compton, in the Compton yeah. area, bro. Yeah, so South and, Central. And I was. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm Danny's little brother. I've heard about you, bro. I've, I've never met you, but um, yeah. And I was born in Long Beach in St. Mary's Hospital. Okay. Oh shit. So, yeah, so, I grew up really close to uh, Long Beach. I grew up in Wilmington, which is a is a town that borders Long Beach. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what, Chente? We moved up here. We moved to San Jose like twenty something years already. Like not thirty something, like thirty years. It has to be early. And, yeah, like thirty years. We moved uh, thirty years ago. We moved up to San Jose, and I haven't gone back to Long Beach. And that's like something I want to do. I want to go back to Long Beach because I remember my elementary school that went out there. But I want to go back and see like I. I mean, I think I narrowed it down where I lived. Um, but the apartments, the old apartments, you understand? It's all like you know. It's, it's all over-genified and shit. Yeah, so I still want to go and check it out. So that'd be that'd be cool, mm -hmm. man. Um, I always like you know taking a little trip down memory lane. So you came over 27 years ago, is that what you said? Or? 30, 30, 30. Yeah, I, I came. Yeah, I was I was about two years old. I'm 32 now. I, we we moved over to San we moved to San Jose right when I started first grade when mm -hmm. I turned a little bit before I turned six. So did you guys move around in the first couple of years that you guys moved to San Jose? Or no, we were mostly just in downtown, Fifth so Street and then Fourth Street. Oh, and that's right. There right was there, some yeah. some connections regarding. Yeah, that. yeah. Hey, Chant. So when when you you went from uh, Wil Wilma's, if I if I may, yeah, to, to to San Jose, when when was that, or or did you go somewhere else before you went to San Jose? How did that work? Um, well, yeah, okay, so yeah, so I, I had a, a, a short, I guess like a little pit stop at Hollister, um, and I chilled in Hollister for about maybe like four, maybe like four months, right before the start of, like, um, of college. So I was like, I think I was, um, if I was 18, I was about to turn 19, or I had just turned 19 years old, but it was around that time where I decided to move north, and um, 
I stayed temporarily. I stayed in in Hollister for for a couple months, and then I moved to San Jose. And in San Jose, I was I was residing in the East Side, um, off of damn, better get this a street right, off of King and Ocala. Oh, and you high school. You got high school out there in the East Side, bro. Oh, Oberfeld, Oberfeld. There's there's a lot of rap videos being filmed. <laughs> around around that liquor store on the King and Ocala. Oh, uh, como se, well, liquor store that they also have like burritos there? Pops, Pops. There you go. That's really the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, I used to go there all the hey, time. Hey, Chance, so, so what, what made you what made you come? Uh, right in the corner, right? What made you leave yeah. L.A.? Was it just school or what, what's going? That's a big that's oh, a big man. change. I guess there's a lot of things. Um, yeah, a lot of things going on. Man. It, was, it was just I needed to get out. I needed uh, for. I just needed to leave, bro, because I felt like uh, at the time I was just involved in stupid things. Like I was involved in drugs and I was involved in gangs and were in a gang. And then um, I just felt like my life spiraling out of control. And honestly, man, I just I was fucking scared, bro. Of what was gonna happen? You know, I was scared of going to jail. I was scared of getting shot and killed, and I was scared of being a drug addict, man, because that's exactly that. Those were like my pa- the path I was heading towards, right? Like, those were my three, I guess, like, destinations, I guess, at that time. That's what I was envisioning, and I got really fucking scared, and um, I decided to run away from all that, man. You know what, dude? That's, that's, I can respect that, because you, you actually seen where you were messing up at, and you... And, and you were real with yourself. A lot of dudes don't know when to turn away from that life until it's too late, bro. Until they're doing 25 to life, until they're dead. You know what I'm saying? So that's kudos to you for checking that out. And you know, especially the time the time period you were living in that area. I mean, if you weren't banging, bro, you didn't exist straight up. Everybody had to be banging in that time. So, yeah, respects for that, bro. And you said this was all in, in Wilmas, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. It, man, it was, it was. Um, if you want, like, mind me elaborating a little bit, man. It was just, it was one of those things where, you know, my growing up as a, as a kid, I, you know, um, I worshipped my older cousins. You know, I'm, I'm the oldest in my family, my immediate family. That was the oldest, but um, one of my dear used to take care of me, and she. I, my cousins from my dear my my deal like all my cousins were involved in gangs it's just where they grew up in the little area man um called uh, off of flint street which is like this little small little community bro that's still there man if you go visit but it's 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 pretty wild man because it was just made up of like like little bungalows yeah and then on one side you had anaheim on the other side you had the docks and then you had the refineries bro mm-hmm. yeah and it was just, weird little patch of like this weird weird little strip of like little bungalows yeah and and it was just a bunch of kids that grew up there man working class working class those kids they all became part of the like the neighborhood they all became gang members and that area bro um became notorious like like i I remember when i moved to san jose i was (laughs) it was weird because (laughs) You know, I would uh, online. You would check up like LA's most wanted, and I would see people I grew up with there, like <laughs> like in LA's most wanted on the you know LAPD's most wanted, and I would see pictures of kids I grew up with 
um, of, of people I knew when I was six, seven, eight years old. And I was like, wow, like, that place, Flint, it, they call themselves the Flintstones because because of the street Flint. But um, oh, all my cousins are from there. And if you tell people, like, oh, I grew up in Flint, in, in, that, in that community, Wilmington, they look at you like, oh, like, oh, wow, you're like a like a triple OG or you're like, oh, you're like a quadruple OG or like, yeah, they, you know, that, make huh? fun of that. But, well, no, but like, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. people, their eyes get really wide open. Like, oh shit, you're from that part of Wilmington and you're still alive. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, weird. Like, it's, it's weird. And I don't mean to glorify it or like, or anything like that, but. What I'm trying to say is that when I was growing up, like, those were my role models when I was a kid with my cousins and their friends. And, you know, I was a big wannabe. I just wanted to be like them, you know, because I saw all the attention they used to get. And I would see how people would react when I would tell them those are my cousins or, or when I would, like, mention my last name to people. Uh, you know, my last name is Rualcaba. And they look at me like, oh, your brother is so-and-so your brother and so-and-so, I'm like, no, those are my cousins. But still, like, the eyes, their eyes were kind of, you know, so that that's kind of, like, what drew me. I was just, a, I wanted to be like them, and that's, I guess, that was the biggest um, reason that drew me into that whole lifestyle was just, you know, trying to mimic what I was seeing. And then I also had an uncle who was part of the gang, and my uncle was just as crazy, and so... Hey, Chimp, let me ask you this. Do you see that now with, like... The current situation when we see like all these narco corridos and we see all these people and like how drug dealers and mafia people are being glorified now do you see the same as the gangs from back in the day or do you feel like it's a completely different level well you know i don't really go like out here like i, I don't really um visit those places or or run into folks like that out here mm -hmm. um much much um but you know, it's funny that you bring it up and we're talking about like San Jose, you know, uh, when was it? Not too long ago, I was out there in San Jose and on the story of, uh, on the corner of Story and King, I just saw like, I think I saw that, I saw that culture, man. Yeah. <laughs> COVID, people should be home, but people were out there partying on the, on the, on the corner of Story and King and like, there was a, I don't know, man, I, I was out there, I'm like, damn, there's so many people out here. And then I started hearing, yeah, well, those are like the the young narcos, and I was like, what? They're narcos? And I, I believe that, right? Like I believe that when I heard. That. I was like, yeah, because the way they're partying and all that, all that alcohol they have right there, and they're just being loud and like, they're really young. They're really young people. Yeah, act, act untouchable and shit. Go for it, man. And so I, I believe that, man. Um, I, I do think that, man, that there is. That's like the all part of the media, you know. I'm saying like it, it, it shows you the culture, the music. Yeah, yeah people yeah. want all yeah, this stuff. It's to like that. Hey, San Jose is a unique city. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like he says, it, it gets glorified. Yeah, no, and then the really younger does. generations that are coming up, they see that, and and you know us being Chicanos, being raised here, we throw the machismo shit, and we're like, fuck, we want to be like that. Like not we glorified, yeah, badasses. No. And that's exactly what, what Chenta was saying. Like, he glorified his cousins and his uncles and stuff. And there was no... he For him, when he was younger, it was like, 
There was no way out of it. Like, that's what he wanted to do. See, but that was ma mainly, like, friend influence and, like, family influence. Yeah, yeah. It's so much different than but, what the media shows now. Yeah, like, regarding the narco thing, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, like, I don't believe in that, like, too yeah. much with the kids, especially like the new generation. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I just don't, like... I don't follow into that. Like, I, I don't believe in that too much. Like, the new generation, narco, like, especially here in America, I don't yeah. believe in it too much. Yeah. Me 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 Mexico could be a different, like, scene because I'm not familiar with it too much. I know you guys go out there a lot. Yeah. Which, it can, like, you guys see well, it you a lot see it, you now. see it over there, but the thing is, the difference is that anybody could be one here. Yeah. Because literally you're just protecting yourself from police officers or maybe one guy that's trying to get you and that's it. In Mexico, it's not like that. In Mexico, it's like you got to watch your back from the cops, your neighbors, Everybody. the dudes there. So it, it takes a little bit more balls to do it out there. No, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. doing it out there and you and you got money and you're doing it, damn, bro, you you made it. But yeah. out here, it's a little bit more easier. So here, I feel like what they do is they copy the style, but they're not in it. They're but not in I mean, it you can work construction, make good money, bro. But you and still I could do go, the yeah, thing on the side. And I could do on the, <laughs> I could go on Saturday night and drop two thousand bucks if I want to. I'm gonna be broke the next day, huh? But that's on you. Yeah. You know, pero in Mexico you can't drop two thousand and that. be broke. Yeah. If you're doing that, unless you're not. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're you are gonna, the they're gonna see you and they're gonna be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Let's go. Let's go hit him up. Let's see who he works yeah. with or yeah. or who are you? Because I've never seen you here. And that's where the problem starts yeah. over there. Hey, Chente, I have, a, I have a very particular question, Chente. Uh, you know, I, was, I wanted to say something. Oh, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead. what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Like, um, I, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with these two names, um, Ian Grillo or, or Jose Calderon. Uh, but both, both of these cats um, have been interviewed by Joe Rogan. I don't know how much you guys listen to Joe Rogan or whether or not you think he's like a credible source or like... I mean, a lot of the people he gets on and he interviews are not necessarily credible sources. Some of them have just like a like a platform and, and they, they, they voice their opinions on all kinds of issues and topics. But this guy named Ian Grillo, yeah. uh, he actually has written uh, several books on the whole uh, drug cartel in Mexico. And he's a journalist, right? And he's had an and opportunity like to British interview. British or something, right? No, no, no. no. He's a bystander. Yeah, no, Ian Grillo, he's, he's like British. Or he's British, right? Oh, so you heard of him, yeah. So that guy. He's British. Wait, what was the name? Ian, Ian Grillo. Ian Grillo. And Cor he's British, and then he moved to Mexico, and he speaks perfect Spanish because he's like lived very there fluent, yeah, for yeah. so long. And, um, yeah, I've heard about... You know, uh, it's funny that you bring that up, Chente, because uh, we have uh, the Calderon guy. Uh, he he mentioned some, some things about, like, certain people, but, uh, uh, you know... Johnny, I don't know. I don't know if you if you're uh, comfortable yeah, I, talking I, about this, yeah, but I know, I know. but he, uh, Johnny was saying that some of the things that he's saying that he just he's building them up a little too much. It, it it's actually like it goes down differently than what he's describing. But not but, not Grillo, no, but the Calderon guy. But yeah, Chanta, finish your thought, brother. What were you saying about Grillo? No, that's exactly. You know, that's beautiful. That's perfect. I think we're we're all on the same wavelength, bro. Yeah. As, as in terms of like how we view both of these guys, I, I thought Jose Calderon, his view is like right. Like it, I thought his view it, was it, right too. But but I'm just I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, es que lo que pasa es that um, you know, a lot of these como como Grillo lives there, so he sees it. Pero como ese Calderon. I mean, how often is he out there, bro? It's like... No, he's from TJ, I think. Yeah, pero TJ's like a big city, bro. 
Teacher's I could be wrong. I could city. be wrong, but I think if it's, it's like that, but we come from those little towns where they 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 run it. You know, they run it, and you see how it is. Like you hear music here, these narco corridos, and they glorify these guys and make and they say how they ride on Ferraris and stuff like that. But sometimes, bro, that guy, he's not really on a Ferrari, bro. He got <laughs> he, the money he has is in his pocket. They got the balls to do what they do, but those type of people live day by day, bro. It's not. You could you could see um um, um guy in in Guaraches and everything. That guy's the guy from the song, and he ain't living like they're glorifying it out here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, como por ejemplo, a you lot of songs. I mean about yeah, like a lot of songs glorify these pistoleros, up. right? Like the gunmen. But the gunmen, bro, in reality, they ain't making shit. They're making maybe uh -huh. 800 bucks every two weeks. You know, they don't got a life. All they get is they offer them drugs. That's about it. But it's just a status you get. Well, get specific though, Johnny, because you said he mentions Chapo, and Chapo's not even like the head. That well, was yeah, well, that was what, well, Chapo what was Chapo is 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 Chapo said Chapo. Obviously, he he was big or whatever. But to say that he was the leader of the cartel, he's never been. I mean, Chapo was used. To act like he was the leader because he's the most one with the bad fame. So he got away from prison. So es el más quemado, como se le dice. So they put him as a face. So when the government comes down, they come down with him. But the main player is in the back. Que sale siendo el Mayo Zambada. That's that, 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 that dude's untouchable. I mean, read him up. I mean, yeah, they, the don't even, they don't even have him on a phone call, bro. They, they have pictures of him, how they think he looks. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, that dude's a fucking <laughs> big-ass player. And I'm talking about this dude has contracts with Coca-Cola, bro. Uh, Lecheria Santa Monica. He owns all kinds of meatpacking factories that are famous all over through Mexico. These are the main hitters. If I know yeah, that, bro, you think money. the government don't know that? It's because in order to play... You have to pay, bro. Get if if we get if, <laughs> if, get if there's bro. people smuggling tons of drugs in this country, it's because this government also knows and they're letting them through it. So it's like it, it it all comes down to organized crime. That's why it's the difference between a gang and and, and an organized crime syndicate, bro. Everything's organized, so you don't nothing falls down in a gang. You're just shooting, running, and gunning, bro. That's the difference. So that's why Can I get some of these guys, show, some of these guys that speak their piece on, on certain people, yeah, like 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 Jesus said, bro. Like some people do hype it up, and it's not really how it goes down, you know. But this Grillo guy, I'm not familiar with, but yeah, he's a British guy. Yeah, he's I'm legit. gonna check him he out, though, bro. Yeah, legit. I'm gonna check him out. The Calderon guy sounded legit. That makes sense, though, Chente. Yeah, it, it does, and, yeah, and just to like uh, draw another distinction between Jose Calderon and Ian Grillo is that Ian Grillo looks at it, I think he does, man, I think he provides you with like a sociological perspective, right, yeah. he provides you with like historical context, I mean, he tells you, well, this is how the drug cartels evolved, How right? it started like, and stuff, yeah. He's very, right, like a journalist. them started, yeah. this is how they evolved. But then also, he, he focuses on the people that are there in Mexico trying to change, right? Like, yeah, trying to change. Course. The communities and trying to change the minds of, of of the youth and um all the social workers and everything that's being done in terms of activism there to to help right and i think um as as ian grillo identifies problems he also provides you with solutions and jose calderon doesn't i think jose calderon is just all he does is like stoke fear and and uh, in everyone like or, or like what saying, he does is he saying, oh, wow like, so you saying, agree it's like yeah. uh, eventually the u.s the military is gonna have to invade mexico 
in order to nah, rectify this like narco state, that which is what Mexico has become. And I think well that that's going to really displace so many people and just if that's true, right? If the U.S. does decide to invade Mexico, which which I don't see why he would make that statement because like you guys said. They know what's going on. Exactly, As long as bro. people pick their bottom line, yeah. they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and yeah. The, and let's like Calderon, como what we're talking about this guy. It sounds to me like he reads shit and he puts it on his contest. He don't get anything to back him up with. Como por ejemplo, for me, the person that really knows about stuff like that, dude, se llama Anabel Hernandez. She's a es una periodista. She's had more than ten attempts on her life, bro. This lady. Goes after them. She's if just, you ain't getting killed, you're not Yeah, she enough. just released a book. It's called El Traidor. It's about El Mayo Zambada's son that's actually arrested here. You read that book, bro. I know. I know. And this guy puts it in context how it works. How the government here knows what's going on. How these guys have deals with the DEA, the FBI, bro. It's it's a big ass rat hole. If you if you go down this rabbit hole, bro, it's like <laughs> a lot of people are involved. Pero that dude Calderon, I was. I was seeing them talking about El Chapo's son that got caught up in Culiacán, but then they released him. But that dude was just hyping it up, bro. That dude didn't really... What, what The information I was getting from him was the information you could get in any freaking newspaper. Like, he wasn't giving no insight. He wasn't giving why. You know, I knew more about it than what the dude was telling me. And this is from just people telling me from there that were actually there that seen this shit go down. You know what I'm saying? So... Like you said, that's what that dude's doing. He inflicts the fear the government's going to go and take over. What the? Why is the United States going to go in there? What they think, that these dudes are fighting with rubber bands? They fucking got state-of-the-art weapons, too. What they think, they're just going to walk in there and take over? Fuck no. Some people are going to die, too. So it's like, bro, you can't go there. So it's like, uh, what a, that's my opinion on that, dude. Chete, before I, before I ask you some specific, do you want to add anything to what... Johnny B's talking about? Nah, man. I, I'm learning. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm me too. I'm, I didn't know about this lady. In, uh, Anabel Hernandez. Check yeah, her out, bro. Know, she, got, she just released this book. Joe Rogan. Are you listening? Dude, that book. Bro, I read that book. I read it two times, bro. And that... You, you don't even start to... Your mind can't wrap around it just to see how it works. How simple it is that they work, but yet so successful. Like, these guys could be... Top dogs in Wall Street, bro. It's so simple. And these people are masterminds, but then they're like our dads, bro. <laughs> they wear sandals. They work in the field. But they're just masterminds, bro. Yeah, that's, that's definitely That's true. what's crazy. Chete, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, what, what, what was that characteristic that made you, that you brought from uh, your old life into your, your school life that made you so successful because I, I you you were always studying i always remember you studying i always remember remember you dedicated uh but you came from a a, a a crazy background you know so what was it that that thing that not like i'm not saying like what you learn i'm saying like you you must have had something already in you that made you like just persevere through uh schooling you know uh you uh, that's a good question, and I, that's a that's a question that I've also asked. Um, my, I have a younger cousin, um, who you know the bro, you know the cousins that I was talking about, who I idolized, I worshipped, and I wanted to be like. Well, they also had they also had a, um, um, 
well, their youngest brother, right? His name's Andres, and he's younger than I am. And that dude's also really successful, man. I mean, he's a computer software engineer, and he—I forget the name of the company he works for, but this dude, you know, you know, having older brothers who've been in prison, ha having a brother right now who's who, who's been sentenced to life, and you know, I asked him, you, like, hey, what what motivated you? You know what I mean? Because he, all his all his brothers were caught up in gangs, and not him. Like he never did, and it, he's the first one um, of the men to graduate from college. And like, so I asked him, so like, what motivated you, right? And he said, "Fuck, like, I, I was tired of being poor. I was tired of being poor, man." And that was interesting to hear him say that. Um, and then, so I started assessing, like, well, what motivated me, Tamien, during that conversation? Because he asked me, like, well, so what motivated you? And for me, it was it was. It was several things, man. It was several things that kept me, um, that motivated me. And one one thing, one one event in my life that really, like, I think really changed the way I, I, I viewed the world at that time. You know, I was like 18 or 19 years old. Was having a conversation with my brother and he had just been released from, from juvie, right? And he had been in and out of like institutions. He was 13 and I had this conversation when he was 16. But at the age of 13 to when he turned 16, he had been in and out of, like, juvie. And sometimes he, he'd be in there for, like, two months. Sometimes he'd be in there for, like, four months or, you know. And in this last time, he was 16 years old. And he had just been released the night before. And it, it was the morning and we, we were playing video. You know, the, the first fucking Sony PlayStation where they had that, um, what was the name of that? that it, was a, it was a weird, um... Damn, it's slipping my mind. It was Crash Sony Station, and it was when you when you, <laughs> you fought with cars and shit and like oh, oh twisted metal, metal, twisted metal, bro. That's my shit. Twisted metal, yeah. fucking twisted metal, bro. We're playing that shit, right? And um, the devil. Uh, on the Sony devil. PlayStation the that led to his incarceration, bro. Like we're playing Sony PlayStation that he had robbed and shit, and it was still there at the house. And like you know, that's what my brother did. My brother. <laughs> At a really young age, man, my brother would, would steal cars. He would hotwire cars. He would he would jeep in cars, and he would he would break into people's homes, man. And and so he's sixteen. He got released the night before, and we're playing PlayStation. And and you know, I, I said to him like, "Hey, what do you what do you think of me going back to school?" You know, because I was already having thoughts of going back to school, like get, doing something positive and just like kind of leaving, leaving that lifestyle, right? And he was like, he was like, people like us don't don't belong in school, and which really kind of, I said, what? You know, I'm playing, we're playing video games, and I'm like, what? And he's like, people like us don't belong in school. He's like, people like us belong in jail or dead. And when he said that, that really, you know, to hear my little brother say that really fucked me up, huh? Wait, wait, he, your little brother told you people like us, we belong in jail or dead? That's what he said, huh? We belong in school. We belong in school. You belong in the street, yeah. Oh, okay. Seth, he, he didn't have a way out. That's That was his mentality, like, I'm going to die on this shit. It's either jail or death. That's that's my outcome, either way, however I play my card. So, so... You he was 16 when he said that, so it, it really fucked me up. And that that was one like when I when I think back, like I think of that that incident, moment, and then I 
think of another incident. Um, Chente, how old were you? Chente, how old were you when their your sixteen year old brother said that to you? I, yeah, I had to be nineteen, bro. Nineteen. Yeah. Okay. I'm three years older than him. Well, cause there's a there's a there's an in between this where I'm like two years old, and then eventually, I, you know, it's like three years old, right? Yeah. Like, um, that's like me and Dan. So, like me and Ramon. Yeah. So, so like in between that age, right there, in, like it's either I think it's right before he turns, like right right before his birthday, and then it becomes I'm I'm two years old, right? Yeah. And then it becomes it becomes yeah yeah, and then it becomes my birthday, and I'm three years older. So it's that that weird age thing. Yeah. But, but so that was one incident, and then another incident was when um, I was I was working. You know, I thought I was a grown up and shit, and I'm I'm 18 years old, and I'm working at this assembly line, a packaging company, and I'm lifting boxes from like four in the morning to like one in the afternoon, and it's back breaking fucking work, and all I'm doing is li- um. You know, putting videos. Man, it's how old I am. Uh, you guys remember the movie The Titanic? Fuck yeah. yeah. All right, so I, I worked at a packaging takes. company where yeah, all we did was package <laughs> fucking videos of the Titanic, bro. Damn, that's how <laughs> so popular it was, it was bro. The, first Amazon? the two videos, right? They used like to come in two VHS tapes. The top selling films ever. Yeah, it was double. They used to double up because it was like one hour. No, it was James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, James Cameron? Yeah, the guy who did uh, Terminator. Yeah. Right, so Bro, I saw every fucking version of the Titanic. I saw Titanic Platinum, Titanic Gold, <laughs> yeah. Titanic Dolby 5.0. So you're pretty certified. You're pretty certified in Titanic. <laughs> you're certified, bro. Bad. <laughs> and so I, I was 18 at that time, um, and I remember it was just backbreaking work, man. I would go home and I had bruises. I would have bruises all over my chest and arms and legs, bro. And you know, um, there was this there was this one girl who was working with me, and she was she was African American girl. I don't remember her name, but she was 18 years old. She had just graduated from high school, and she was working with her father. And her father was like, you know, he had white hair, bro. And he was an old man, and I imagine him being like in his sixties, right? And I'm and, and I said to myself, "Wow, she she's eighteen, and that's her dad, and he has white white hair." I'm like, "Damn, is this gonna become like the rest of my life? Is this when I'm a?" And there's nothing wrong, you know. There's nothing wrong with those jobs, you know. But it's just that people work you, those. Jobs but if you could do more, do more. If you could do more, do more. This reminds me of when Konyo had his breakdown. <laughs> And then he was like, this is when I'm going to... Uh, the previous guest. The previous guest. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, Chip, but we had a previous guest. And I asked him when he had his, when he gave up. And he was like, no, when I had my breakthrough or whatever you want to call it was something. He was uh, He was walking seven miles with that car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, Chip, yeah, uh, just reminded so me you of... So you realize this dude's 60 plus. He has his daughter in the line too. So basically, she followed his steps. And you're thinking, shit, That's is this, is this what I'm going to be? Yeah, is this, this is what I'm going to be right here? Yeah, and, and see, at the time, it, it, it just, um, like, like I said, I couldn't imagine myself doing it for the rest of my life. And, and with your kids and, and shit up it, in there, too? And if it wasn't that, then what what else did I have? Like, what, what other options did I have? And I think that's, I, I think that moment was before, that event, that, that moment was before the, the moment that I had with my brother. 
And the conversation I had with my brother just kind of solidified, like, no. It was like, building that's up. That's not going to be me. Yeah. And, and we have options. And, you know, one of the options is going back to school. Yeah. But I still realized that I couldn't do that where I was living. There was just no way I could have done that where I was living because, yeah. you know, people see. come to your house yeah. and knock at your door and ask you to come out. Right? Hey. Or you get phone calls. People are calling you on the phone asking you to come, come out. Right? And so... You can only avoid it for so long, right? You can only, you know, hide from people for so long in the community you live in. Um, and I guess that that was my decision, right? I said, Dad, like, I, I spoke to my father and I said, Dad, I want to get out of here. I want to go to school. But I, I don't want to go to school here. I want to get out of here. And my dad was like, okay. Um, he was, I'll put you in the bus. I'll send you to your tia's house. And I'm like, where? And he's like, oh, San Jose. And I'm like, okay, cool. And in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going to live in a desert. Like, I'm going to live... <laughs> in my head, San Jose was in Arizona. I mm. thought I was going to live in, like, some desert-like like community city. San Bernardino shit. And, and my dad was like, no, it's it's north. It's not in so It's over there. It's northern California. And I was like, what? I'm going to northern California? I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So so they had that conversation, and the next day in the morning, my dad put me in a Greyhound bus, huh? And he hey. sent me to eat the up there. Hey, hey, Chente, um, real quick. So, when you decided to go back to school, what was your prior, like, highest learning there? Were, did you finish middle school? Did you have your high school diploma, or what, what was your status? Okay, so I, I, had, I had my high school diploma. Oh, so you finished high school, so what, what high you've been school? a sharp dude then. Well, see, that's the thing, right? Like, so, so I got kicked out of high school, and I went to a continuation school. All right, everybody got credits. Yeah. That's where I got earned all my credits. And it was a, it was a joke, right? Because I went to a continuation school, and I got like, I got credits for for algebra one and algebra two, and all I was doing was like adding, adding five hundred plus three hundred and seventy two. Yeah, yeah. I, and I got credit for algebra and algebra two. Um, I got credit for English classes, and all I had to do was fill in the sentences with vocabulary words. And oftentimes, the use of those vocabulary words were incorrect, but they still give me credit for filling out the packages. Right? It was just a, it was a total joke, and but I was that's how I was able to earn all my credits, man. That's how I was able to graduate with a high school diploma. Where did you graduate? Hey, Chad, um, Polo wants to know uh, what what was the name of the school, the the continuation school. Uh, it was, it's across the street from the high school I attended. I, I, I attended um, Banning High School. It, oh, mm, I think it's all a Avalon Community, Avalon something, man. I could look it up. I could look it up and tell you specifically uh, the name of it. I think it's Avalon Continuation School. Mm. Yeah, so, Che, you moved to San Jose and uh, you go to City College right away, or, or what, what's up? Um, so it's, all right, I'm sorry, bro. It's, the, the school is Avalon High School. Avalon High School. Yeah, Avalon High School. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's true. Miguel just pointed out that you, you, uh, you're going to move with your tias in San Jose, but you made a stop in Hollister. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's, it's because my, my, um, my, the tia that I was supposed to stay with, the tia that was supposed to pick me up, uh, she was out. She wasn't there at that time. Um, and so, and so, um, it was like, it was around the summertime and 
and I think that her family was out like vacationing somewhere. I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember the specifics, but she was out vacationing somewhere. And so I think, you know, I couldn't tell you the exact like how much time I stayed in Hollister. It seemed like forever, but I'm guessing it, it was just like towards the end of the summer. It was at the beginning of the summer, and then towards the end of the summer is when I when I eventually got to San Jose to start the semester there to start uh, going to school. Right. Um. And and so you you asked me what type of what was my level of education? Well, um, when I took the you know you were supposed to take the assessment test to to uh, to be placed in certain classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the placement test. When I did, yeah, the placement test. So when I did that in community college, um, they they basically said I spoke to and you guys you guys know the counselors, um, Maricela and Miss Santos. Yeah. They basically you know Miss Santos referred me to to Maricela. And then my first meeting with Maricela, she she basically showed me and said, you know, uh, you placed at a seventh grade reading and writing level. Fuck. Yeah, and so I'm 19 years old, and I'm thinking you're you're trying to, and this is what I said to her, like my reaction, and these were, now remember these words, right? Like I said to her, are you gonna tell me that I have the mind of a 14 year old? That's what I said to her. Cause I was fucking shocked, right? Yeah. Like, I'm 19 and I'm a grown man. Like you gonna tell me I have the mind of a 14 year old? Mm-hmm. And she's like, No, not. I'm not saying that you have the mind of a 14 year old. Have the education said, of a 14 year old. Yeah, that's what she said. She said, I'm telling you that you have that your skills in reading and writing are at a seventh grade level. That's crazy, and bro. That, yeah, that put me at ease a little bit. I'm like, okay, well that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I fucked up education, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, my initial my initial response, I was shocked, and and um, it makes sense because um, the way when when I started taking classes there at San Jose City, I realized that I was illiterate. You know, I realized I, I didn't I didn't know how to read. It, you had a hard had time. Up, you were like, I had to look shit. up every other word. Yeah, yeah. That's you so know what? It's it's crazy. Porque... You asked me, Jesus, like, what was um, like, why why were you so driven in community college? You were always studying. It's because I realized, like, where, where I started, man. I, I was illiterate. I didn't know how to speak to people. I couldn't, I couldn't say a complete sentence without swearing or cursing. Yeah, and that's and that's just the society, like, where, where you were raised, who you hang out with, too. But it's funny because, you know, regardless if you're illiterate, it doesn't define you because, I mean, you still, you were smarter than other people in, in the in street other, and stuff, yeah. in other fields. Like, for example, me... I just got my high school diploma, bro. I just got it in December. Congratulations. And yeah, and I'm 32, bro. And I was, I'm, I'm a class of 06. And I just, the only reason why I didn't get my diploma was because of the exit exam, the, the California exit exam they had going on. But uh, they took that off. And the only reason why I kept on missing was because I would always go to Mexico during the holidays when they were offering the exam, honestly. So, uh, yeah, until they took it off, I never used it or, or I've never, I've always said I was a graduate, but I never had it. So when I went back, I noticed that as soon as I started taking tests and stuff, the, the teachers there were telling me, well, dude, you know what? You're in above uh, reading level or English or, or writing because, I mean, it never stopped me from going to college either, bro. Like, I'm a process engineer. So, I mean, it never defined me. But, I mean, that piece of paper does give you a, a sense of closure, bro. It, it at least proves to me that I could 
I I'm I'm above that. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So, like I said, it don't mean that that you were you were dumb or anything like that. Or it was just you were smarter in other stuff. Like I mean, para pa robar un carro me chingas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like different feels to it. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. that's a cool. Yeah, that's man. Crazy. That, that's beautiful. I'm I'm really happy that you got your your high school. Yeah, diploma. bro. And it's something that you know I I've always thought about it. And I was like, no, nah, I could go back. I could go back. I, I just kept pushing it off, and then I went, and I went like, yeah, it gave me a sense like of accomplishment of me knowing okay. Because I always used to think behind my head, like in the back of my head, I always, you had that little voice saying, fuck, man, maybe I can't get it. Maybe you're not as smart as you think. You know, but it was it was quick for me. I mean, I was there. So it doesn't it doesn't define you, but those fucking papers are valuable too, though, bro. They open doors or keys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah you know, it's funny because now, now I'm... Um you're not like teaching these types of institutions, right? I teach at, at community college. I, I teach at three different um, community colleges out here in the in, in the Los Angeles area, and each each uh, campus has different needs, right? And has different type of student populations. And um, you know, as as you're describing this and as you're describing your experience, you know, um, it's kind of very similar to one particular campus that where, where where I work at. And the way we define success really depends on like what our background is and what we've experienced in life. And yeah. you know, for some students, for some students in my classroom, you know, for them, success is just completing the semester. Even if, um, even if if they're struggling with their work and even if they're struggling with the assignments and reading and writing and everything, uh, for them, just making sure they they begin the class and and see it through for the whole sixteen weeks. For them, they, that's a success, which is crazy. Like, it's baby it, steps. It, it's really fucked up sometimes how we put like these crazy like deadlines or like uh, like standards on certain people and say, well, you got to meet this, you got to meet that, and if you don't, you're a failure. Yeah. And, it, and without really considering where that person's coming from, you know. Exactly. So, bro. Yeah. Thanks. So thank you for sharing that, man. It's just um. Hey Chente, Chente, what uh, what uh, cities do you work in now, and what subject do you teach now? So, so I I work at Pasadena City College. Okay. I work at Southwest Los Angeles College, and then I work at West Los Angeles College. And so, um, all three community colleges are like very very unique from each other. Um, Southwest is in the the South LA area. Um, well, we used to be considered. Uh, so South Central, right? Right, and so it's like I'm, I'm. That campus is sandwiched between like Inglewood and Compton and Watts, and then you know South LA. It's that area. Hey, Los Angeles, go for it. I have a question. Um, how, how? Uh, I hear there's a lot of rumors. Uh, you brought up uh, Joe Rogan. How fucked up is LA right now because of COVID? That, you know, that is really interesting because um, I don't live there no more. But but at the beginning of the scare, right, like at the beginning when we started hearing things like we're going to, you know, there's this, there's this shit here. You know, and also I want to say, like, just to be clear, like I, I was pretty ignorant to what was happening because, you know, because of the type of job, um, you know, I, I traveled a lot. I, I was traveling a lot, right? So I was 
I had just started. I had just started living out here in um, in Port Guarnini, and so it would take me two and a half hours to get to work, man. So yeah. because of traffic, because you know it was, it was fucking traffic's crazy out here, right? Yeah. So I I would spend the majority of my time in my car, but I wouldn't be listening to the news, right? So so I would wake up like at five in the morning to get to work, and then I'll go to one campus, and then I'll go to to the second campus. You know, I wouldn't end class there until like 9.50. So by the time I got home, it was like close to 12. Damn. And so I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening in the news and, and, and nationwide or even locally, right? So when I started hearing all of this about COVID and, and, and about shutting down and about people, I was like, what the fuck are people talking about? Like, what is this scare? And, and I would stop... Um, in places like a CVS to buy bubble gum or like um, to buy like a you know a kombucha right to drink uh, or put gas and people were acting very strange around the city man like I remember uh, walking into a CVS and I started seeing like signs like like please stand like six feet apart from people or only one like only one toilet paper per person like one toilet like one pack of toilet paper per person or or you can only buy one package of like a, a, a water bottle, right? And I was like, well, this is strange. I've never seen this before. Why, why are they limiting, you know, the purchases of these things, right? And why are they asking me, why are there arrows on the floor asking me to go through like this weird freaking maze, right? Like it was just weird and bizarre. And then, and then um, hearing people fighting, right? Because there were people arguing and fighting with the cashiers. Saying you can't prevent me from buying more than like, like, you know, like five packages of like, if I want to buy 10, I could buy 10. And like, like people arguing with the cashiers and I was just like, oh, what's going on? That's when I started paying attention to what was happening in the news. And then once we shut down and we, we shut down, bro, the city shut down. Um, I haven't seen it come back to life, bro, since, since the shutdown, man. Like, I haven't seen it. Um, you know, driving in the freeways, I, I could get to, I could get to Wilmington from Port Wainimi in an hour and twenty minutes now. Oh, okay. Whereas before, it used to take me over three hours. Yeah, yeah this, right? yeah, this thing, what it, what it's doing, bro. I think a lot of these companies are, are realizing that a lot of people could work from home, bro. So, yeah. I think when it comes back to normal, if it comes back to normal. I think huh. a lot of these companies are just going to start doing that. I mean, you don't need the employees there 24-7 and hopefully alleviate some of the traffic, dude, because I know LA is fucking nuts, Everything. bro. It helps traffic. Yeah. It helps the companies by cutting the wages. Yeah, the wages. You know, people are moving out of the state. And I mean, the people are not going to benefit from this, but the, the companies, companies, oh, yeah. definitely going to benefit from Yeah, because I know LA, bro. That Isn't the that plan. the purpose of the whole thing? Uh, yeah, I think that was the It plan. seems like it, but... <laughs> But yeah, bro, like LA, you know it's fucking 2 o'clock and it's fucking on. <laughs> Any day, it don't matter if it's Sunday, hey, what, quick question, 2 o'clock is on. About this whole, like nowadays right now with this uh, time changing right now, does it benefit the fucking people? Does it, is oh, it, the time change? Yeah, the, the time, time change? change. Oh, so, it's been a big a, debate on that no, too. So is, it, is, it, is it a good thing for us or is it a bad thing? No, well, fuck it, we're farmers. No, so if you're a farmer, it's... it's, it's yeah, well, let me let me let's, let me explain that. So the whole concept of daylight savings and all that stuff happened during World War One, 
when electricity and fuel and stuff was fairly a new concept. It's a so, history major. Yeah. yeah. So when they were history trying, history. so they're trying to, the, all the efforts was going towards the the war in Europe during World War One. So this is why they they developed this thing about um about uh, doing a um, uh, daylight savings. You know, you you change the time so you give like. Uh, you know, you work with, no, with natural light now, like in factories and the farmers and stuff like that. Um, and then they, it was it was made worldwide also, so that way everybody can be in the time in the same time schedule. But once um, but once um, what's it called? But once the war was over, it's supposed to change, and yet we're still here. And so, Calif I know California last year. We voted if we wanted to eliminate daylight saving times and just having one one um, you know one time at, uh, throughout the whole year. Like the Aztecs. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is that in order to do that, it has to be something global. Let me stop you there uh, before you. It has let, to be global. Uh, I asked the question of what do you guys think about the whole. Uh, daylight saving time. Yeah. Is it benefit us or is it bad? No, it was just too meant. It was just meant to. Had to like you know. It, that's a that's. They dropped back. I didn't. I didn't even see it yeah, that way. That, like, that was the only reason. But now, I mean, it's it's obsolete. You know, farmers. You know, we they we have portable lighting now. We have you know factories that's all done by electricity. By so so we don't need. The, yeah. So the need for like fuel and stuff. Uh, we have that resource now, so we don't have that, you know, the demand for us, you know, because we ha United States haven't done a major war or an official war, I should say, in many years. And even then, like, our budget now for military is so much bigger than anything else for the United States. Like, that's the biggest concept when it comes to budget. It's always military. So, so, so you're, what you're saying is the whole daylight saving thing is to benefit more of the... But now it's just tradition. Not us, but them. Well, now it's tradition. Now it's tradition. Now it's just, you kept it yeah, going. Cause cause still, yeah, because they still, I mean, Amazon's yeah. working 24-7, It's for the farmers. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Those farmers will scoop Yeah, because they have everything electrical. Because it's tradition. It's tradition. So and you then, can't just stop it? No, and here's the thing, well, yeah, though. Pal, it, it can it's stop gonna it. throw everybody off. It's going to throw not just here in the United States. It's going to throw the whole world off. Because if you think about it, like, if you think about it, Mexico and us are an hour or so. Well, where we where, where we live at, we were, at least two to three we were hours. Lined up with each other for what? A few weeks. I yeah, think yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Where we had the same time. Well, we're at where we're at. It's because they changed their. They yeah. changed their then, it's because the whole world goes night, against. Yeah. A las, a las de la mañana, it goes at one. Yeah. Yeah. It's cause it's, it's cause, the whole world's in the, the schedule. Whole world. The yeah. whole world's in the schedule. You know, you're like I give it. I mean, well, yeah, but for what Danny yeah. said. But here's now, the thing, though. Today, did like, you feel like, like you slept? Here's the thing, though. Too much. If we change it now, eleven, thinking like my whole day went by. No, here's the thing, though. Like, if we change it now, we need to get the whole world on board. But yeah, now we, we we have to deal with business when it comes to trading. Yeah. It has to be with like even traveling. Everything. And everything has to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's just going. Hey, Chente. Um, well, well, just to add my two cents into this whole topic or discussion, um, I think uh, it's beneficial when we gain an hour, but not when we lose an hour, because I love fucking having an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. day, that one Sunday, yeah. I, but, like, just just picture, like, doing this for so long, like, where we where we gain an hour, and then 
next year we gain another hour, and then the following year we gain another hour. Eventually, we'll be like a day behind in the exactly. calendar. That's what I yeah. I'm wondering if that's a way of traveling back in time. No, Bill Chimp, that's what we do leap year, though, bro. That's what we do leap year every four years. To catch up. We catch. We give that extra oh, day. Shit. There we go. Yeah. Hey, Chente, I was going to ask you something. Uh, going back to 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 you, so have you ever been back to Wilmas, or, or you really don't check back? Do you still have family there? Yeah, I was there last night. Um, oh, okay. Do you you yeah, see some of the, the homies my, from my back in the day? Do you see Open? some? Do you see some of the homies from back then and stuff like that? No, um, I think not. No, I don't. And if I do, I, I wouldn't recognize them. I, I wouldn't recognize them, man. From your um, from your generation, huh? Yeah, um, it, it's weird because when I you know I go visit my family, I, I visit you guys. I don't know how many of you guys remember Hino, but I I, I go visit Hino, and then um, I remember Hino. I go visit my cousin Andres and visit his side um, with my aunts and my uncles out there, and they all live in Wilmington, so I'm out there. You know I'm. I'm out there pretty often, but I don't I don't go out there to hang out at the parks yeah, or like yeah, just yeah. or to look for like former friends or anything like that. But I have ran into him and I've been told like, hey, that's so and so. And I was like, what? That was him? And they're like, yeah, that was so and so. You didn't recognize him? I'm like, no, man, I didn't recognize him. Or like, hey, you know who's that right there, right? Walking across the street. I'm like, nah, who's that? And so my cousins remind me of like they tell me like, oh, that's so and so and so and so was at the store and we were talking to him and i'm like okay like I, i wouldn't recognize him and i wouldn't know who i'm speaking to yeah yeah unless my cousins pointed it out to me right yeah um but i was there yesterday and you know it, it's i think now like at, at where i'm at with my family and the relationships i have with my family i think it's gotten way better yeah. in terms of, of feeling good about them right because yeah yeah one of the, one of the reasons why I, i really didn't like going back home and visiting home was because of all like just some of the the toxic guess, environment the, being reminded of the struggles yeah. right being reminded of like the heartbreaks and yeah, yeah. and knowing that oh my tia sad because you know my cousin's in prison or yeah. knowing that my tia sad because yeah. you know my cousin's been on the street and hasn't been home for like four, like two months or whatever and Oh, my tia sad because, you know, my, my cousin, you know, he's a drug addict and he's homeless now. Hey, you know? so, the, so the barrio's still active there? It is, man. It, it, in a weird way. Not as much as when, when I was growing up. Not as much as when my cousins were growing up. But it, it's still there. What what year was it when you were growing up there, Chente, if you could, if you could tell us? Well, like, what year period was it? <laughs> Early 90s? So I, was born, I was born in 1980. Okay. And so I grew up there in the 80s and in the 90s. I was a teenager in the 90s. Oh, so you got you got you got like the 94, 95, the hot wave, 93 when it was fucking going off over there in LA. And so Yeah, when, when my cousins were taking pictures with Tupac and shit. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. Yeah, like 90 92 through 96, bro. Fucking LA was fire, bro. It still it still is, you know, but It was the gang shit out there was fucking in another level, bro. Like every fucking, there was like five gangs in one block. It was fucking crazy over there. And, and that's what I remember, and that's my picture. Like that's my my. I guess when I when I picture LA and and it being violent, that's the time period I go back to. And um, and I, I, it's kind of weird because like 
now we visited many of these communities and you don't see any no of it's regenerified bro como uh whittier you know boyle heights fucking compton watts it's it's different oh, echo park echo bro park, that's echo thing. park is hella like super expensive and and trendy and it's like i have a we still have a lot of family out there and we have particular uncle that lives on on Adams and 27th Street, South, South Central LA, right there by Hooper. And okay. I remember it used to be fucked up when we used to <laughs> go out there. Just like touching that subject, yeah. I remember being real, real little. Real little. Yeah. And we went over there to that particular spot. Dude, it was fucking and crazy. And the night we got there, we were chilling. And you know, like, you know, the typical family thing is when you have family members over, they tend to cook like a... I think it was like a pozole or a menudo thing. Yeah. But they were cooking it the night so that the next morning we can have it. Yeah. So we got there that night through my yellow. Yeah. I was very, very young. We're playing and there's an alleyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, right? behind There's like yeah. a, 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 not a, a escalera that took you to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Am yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm really, really young. This is what I remember. We're ready, getting ready to go to sleep. And you know it's like the the typical in la sala un tendido. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody is a party. Yeah, and we're all chilling, and no one's going to sleep because it's the first night there. Yeah. Everybody's still happy to see each other. And next thing you know, it's like a doo, 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 doo. yeah. It, it, the, the guys are running through the alleyway where we had just been playing, like hours before. We're playing down there. And these fools are running through there, and they're running away from somebody, which they're probably cops, or I don't know. And they're thumping back at them. And as they're doing that, they're running feet away from the staircase, from the door. From yeah, it's... it's they're, it's, they're running through the alleyway, thumping back. It's hot. Like it's, street. it's super yeah. hot there, so... so and, I, then, and I remember my Tomayelo was like, 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 oh, like, don't it's worry cool. about it's it. Normal. It's normal. It's yeah, normal. We're good. Don't worry about it. Don't, you guys are good. And, you know, like, I'm looking at my dad, and my dad's looking at him. And I'm looking at my dad thinking, if my dad's good, then I'm good. And my dad's looking at him like, are we good? Like, type of thing. And my dad, like, ah, come on. Yeah. Like, well, that. It's like, normal. Yeah. And we're just, like, terrified. No, I remember. And this is Echo Park? I'm... No, no. It's oh, it's, uh, it's 27 that? in Adams. It's South Central. So, so, ahí me acuerdo yo de Morillo. I was maybe, like, 13 when we used to go out there. And there was, like, gangs. It was the Ghetto Boys. It was H.O.B. Gang. It was 44th Street, 32th Street, 33rd Street. It was just crazy, bro. Harpy's gang. And I, I, I want to say it was the first time in my life as a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Hearing gunshots. And, and it used to be. And now I think about it, bro. And it's like mind-boggling how how many gangs were like in in the stretch of fucking six blocks, bro. It was like, imagine going to school with that shit. Like, <laughs> how did those gangs get started? Is it like families? No. It, what it used streets? to be? No. Streets. Just it, streets. it was. Like it was. So it's just you, you're the, the kids you, you grow up street, with. are like, yeah. let's make them. a gang. Yeah. No, well, what it was, it was a lot of these street gangs. I mean, and I'm like, football teams, soccer teams, like kids that used to play together. Mm. E, e, they were from. The, there were the kids from these street that used to play against the other street, and it just turned into the fucking gang thing. And it was like, so un chingo. And then ahí cerca está Primera Flats, Primera Flats gang, and then there's the Florencia gang. It was just a fucking uh, a shit show, bro. And and a lot of those gangs will still exist, you know. Some died out or some got together with other gangs. So that's why I was asking Chente, you know, how's your gang? Like, is it 
it's not it's not his gang no more eh? he can't deny he was from there at one point but it's like is it still active do you see these kids out there do you wish you could talk to these kids when you see them bro if you see how about hey chant do you feel comfortable sharing like a crazy story that you could like something like maybe you did that was borderline crazy yeah i mean there's a there's a couple stories for sure and you know the way you guys described that part of los angeles um Although I didn't live there, I did, you know, we would visit parts of Los Angeles and as I did live in Koreatown recently, like not too long ago, I did live in Koreatown and so all these these streets and these gangs that you're referring to, like uh, like the Harpies and you have the Drifters and the Playboys. Yeah, and the Playboys. Hangout Boys. Yeah, H.O.B.s are the Hangout Boys. Those are still out there. Yeah, they're still active, bro. They see the gang writing. I still see the gang writing, but you don't see them on the corners yeah como man. antes uh-huh. when they used to chill in that in the little liquor store in the corner or somewhere i see it when you start chiquillo i used to see them hang out now you don't yeah. see them but you still see the graffiti and it's fresh bro and they still put yeah, the I rest think, in peace i think you would need uh you would need to live in those communities to be exposed to it yeah. more but like before it was just so obvious like you would just turn into a street and you were like holy like like what is going on here right like like that's who sometimes. Yeah, know, it was like the close thing yeah. by there too. It was, so they were in 27th Street. There was a park, que se llamaba Trinity Park in 25th Street, and that thing now is nice, bro. But I remember when we were kids, fuck, it was fucking hot, bro. It was like you would see these dudes like from the movies, bro. But they were like doing it in real life, like. It, and so uh, to answer your question, what well, in. I guess to share a little bit about my 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 experience with yeah. all this, and just yeah. to, to provide you guys with a little bit of I guess like con- I don't know concept, inside, just inside, to set inside, the scene, right? Like the area where I grew up in is the east side of Wilmington, which is the closest, like the part closest or the part next to Long Beach, right? And now yeah. you have two bridges that go over the train tracks, right? There, to get to Long Beach from Wilmington, you have to go through Anaheim, and there's this huge bridge now that goes over all the train tracks. And then on Pacific Coast Highway, that's the other way you get to Long Beach from Wilmington. And there's another huge, like, bridge that connects Long Beach to Wilmington. And what, those bridges go over all these, like, train tracks that, that um, like, for all the shippings, you know, from the, from, the, from the harbor, right? So you have all these boats coming into the harbor. Yeah. And they ship all kinds of products. And so you have all these trains running up and down, right? Yeah. And, but then also there's a bunch of refineries in that area. Yeah. So you have all this, like, tra- like they transport all this oil and gasoline from there as well, right? Yeah. And so growing up, like, we had access to, like, the train tracks, right? Like, yeah. that was our place. We would go for, like, mess around in the train tracks. Oh, from the train tracks, we would uh, walk into, like, pick your parts in the junkyards. And we would hang out in the junkyards sometimes, man, playing around with other kids. And, and we would look for a spray cans, right? So we could bust open the spray cans and play with the marbles and play canicas, right? Yeah, that's how old And to, and that's how like uh, grown ups and, and you know, that's how grown ups started teaching us, the youngsters, like how to how to get into cars, how to break the window and get into cars, how to steal how to take the spark plugs from the cars, how to hotwire a car, right? Like like the older people in those communities taught the younger folks how to do these things. And this is why, like, my community, that's what it was known for. It was like, that's what they did, man. Like, that's when my brother got involved at such a young age, at age 13. Like, you know, GTA, like Grand Theft Auto, right? Like, just doing that kind of stuff. And 
I wasn't into that. I, I wasn't. I was. I was not into that. I was more into like the, the partying and you know and, and drinking the, and getting yeah. high and, and the girls and I was more into that. But um, you know, there was a couple of stories I can share, but I I'll share two stories. I think that uh, that left a lasting impression on me, and one of them, because I could talk about like, the times I got jumped and the times you know I got in fights, and I got into a lot of fights. But I think I think one one of the like the most, and I, I could, wow, I don't even know where to start, right? But you know what? There was this one time where I got shot at, and it wasn't just me; it was it was a bunch of us hanging out, and we used to stay next to this, uh, and we used to hang out and in front of this like vacant lot that led to the train tracks right yeah. and we used to like hanging out there because if the cops came we can see them from down the street and we could just run into that like, run through the, the vacant lot and into the train tracks hide out in the train tracks because it was pitch black like you couldn't see anything out in in the train tracks once you ran back there it was really hard to see it was just so dark and black right and so we would hang out in front of this vacant lot and we would drink and and we would hide our beer under the car like next to the, uh, the tire so we could grab our beer from there and we would drink and sometimes we would have people like you know who were packing who had guns and they would they would like be further down from us right where they would be hiding in between the cars or sometimes in in, in some they we would jump into people's yards and hide in the bushes and, and did you guys have like guns, uh, right? like, like stuff close to, to you though? The people yeah, who were partying, right? Yeah, you guys had stuff like stashed close to you guys, like just in case you had it was popping off, or you guys always like had it on you guys. And sometimes well, it depends, right? Sometimes the, the, someone would have it on them, and sometimes someone would have it on them, but they would be uh, sort of away from the group, like kind of you know, like guarding guarding the group, right? Yeah, yeah. See, when yeah, somebody a car was pulling up, that dude was the little lookout place. The lookout. Right. Yeah, and so um, and so there was this particular time we were out there, and um, it was before it was before nighttime, and it was this a uh, um, this brown Cadillac, and I forget what year, but it's this big big ass boat of a Cadillac. A daddy lac. You're talking about a daddy lac, bro. Man, it was brown, and it was mad. It was it was trouble bro it was just freaking yeah no nah, daddy like is trouble bro and especially the ones that look like boats that's like fuck at least eight motherfuckers in there bro and, and they, <laughs> they they turn the corner and we see it coming our way and and um someone recognized the car right said oh those are west siders you know we live in the east side we're the east siders yeah and they we someone recognized the car and said those were west siders and and then eventually they threw up the W, right? And so, you know, everyone started yelling, saying "fuck you," and you know, throwing up the E, the yeah. E for the East Side. And and my one of my closest friends at the time, um, he was standing right next to me. I didn't even know he had a gun. And he took out a gun and he started shooting at the Cadillac, right? Mm. <laughs> and and, and the go. Cadillac started. You get the fucking the Cadillac, the big ass boat. You guys call it the Daddy Lac. Yeah, right? it's the Daddy Lac. Started, started zigzagging <laughs> down the street, bro. Yeah, that's what we call it. It started what? That's what I call it. It started zigzagging. Oh shit! Down the street, yeah, the mother shit. Like like if it was trying like if it was dodging the bullet, yeah like if it was a fucking like if it was a smart car bro like if it was super <laughs> agile like it was Trinity yeah like if it was, it was a super agile and weaving, car. bro like it was bobbing and weaving yeah man. and and my friend let out all six bullets it was a it was a revolver yeah. and he let out 
all six bullets. Wait, who let out? And he tells me, and this is what he tells me. He goes, they're gonna come back. Yeah, hell yeah, I was gonna say like that. My friend said they're gonna come back, and I'm like, what? He's like, they're gonna come back. And so it was like, you know, we we kind of spread out a bit, right? And we waited for nighttime, and then nighttime came, and then we all kind of congregated again, and in front of in front of this vacant lot that led to the train tracks. And sure enough, man, but but by this time we thought we were ready. We're like, oh, if they come back, we'll be ready for them. Yeah. And and we we set up two like two little pockets of, of guys in, on on each end of like the block, right? On one on one like you know, some guys on one corner and then the other guys on the other corner. And then what happened was <clears throat> the fools that on that were on one side missed the car. They were I don't know if they were drinking. I don't know if they just didn't spot it or what, but they didn't notify us. Yeah. And and um, when we saw when we saw the the brown Cadillac, it was already too it late. It was on you guys already. The daddy. It just yeah. And they they I don't know what kind of guns they had, but they just let off a lot of rounds and yeah. a lot of rounds where with the car that was in front, the car that was like parked in front of us, it, it was just riddled with bullet holes. And as we ran, as, I remember running, and I was just hearing the bullets fly by me, man. And you could hear them whistle. Yeah. As they fly by you, you're like, phew, phew, yeah. phew, phew, phew. And just a like bunch Star of bullets Wars flying by me, bro. And no one got shot, bro. No one got shot. It wasn't no your time, hit. bro. It wasn't your time. It and did. so everyone, everyone went, everyone ran back to the street and started yelling and saying all kinds of shit to the car. Like, fuck you. And oh, like, you know, he's just saying kid crazy shit. And guess what that Cadillac did? It busted a U-turn, bro. Oh, it busted a U-turn and came back again and let off more rounds, bro. Um, well, it's safe to say I was never, I was never scared like I was that time, bro. I was really <laughs> and scared. no cops in sight, yeah. Chente, no Man, cops in sight. Shit. Well, no, yeah, no cops in sight. I mean, look, if there were cops, they would have showed up the first time the, the gunshots happened earlier in the day. Yeah, exactly. And no cops showed up. Yeah. Right, and then, and then you have this incident later in that nighttime, and. It was really bad. I, I can only imagine, like, now looking back, right, just imagine, like, what parents and, and what parents were thinking, right, hearing all those gunshots you know, in that community. Just, just um, speak on the, that. The uh, fear, right? The fear yeah. they... The they, normal... They, no, the craziest thing is the normality of it, The normality of it. Bro. Of it. Yeah. How, 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 was how it's normal, yeah. Was how that shit like. was normal back in the day. Um, I, I went so to something similar. Now. I went through something similar, uh, and I'm I'm only what 28 years old right now. Yeah, no, that's yeah. pretty old though. <laughs> <laughs> I was with uh, I was with uh, I must have been like what 1920 around the time. I was with my homie uh, Omar. Shout out my about. homie Omar. No, no names. Oh, shout out Omar. It's okay. cool, no, Omar. It's cool. It's cool with it. Um, and something similar happened like that, and it was it was crazy because I thought about it, and it was like. Uh, if it would have happened, nobody would have ever found out. The next day, they would have found us dead. We were shot, in, yeah. shot, shot, yeah. We were, and it all because of the violence going on it had nothing to do with us. But what was going on in the area, which we had nothing to no nothing to do with, and we had no like knowledge. You weren't associated with. You were innocent. Yeah. So, so eventually, what we found out was that a young boy was walking home from school. The rival gang saw him with the binder, which was the rival color, shot him up, died. We were there days after, walking by at night, 
and all both gangs were all both fucking heated up, looking for each other. Oh, they they had a thing going, and then you guys were and just yes, walking back. And we yeah. were there in an alleyway on the bridge of uh, not Santa Clara, the one after that, San Antonio. Yeah. The San Antonio Bridge, right next like 33rd to the... 33rd Street. Well, 33rd is the stop sign, but when yeah. you go towards the bridge, there's another street. Yeah, yeah, by the liquor store. So okay. between that street, and then there's another street after that, which is right under the bridge. There's a dead-end street, yeah. which connects you to an alleyway that's like right connects you to Hey, Chente, are you familiar with this area? Are you finding yourself? It's East Side San Jose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were yeah. right there, and my homie was... With a one, well, a girl that lived right there in the area, and the guy popped out on us with a gun. No names. No names. <laughs> and uh, we didn't know what to do. There was like four of us and one girl. So the guy popped out on us, thinking we're like the, the you know, the rival. And he was ready to fucking. He was ready. He was, and we're standing there with skateboards in our hands and fucking, you know, like thinking what the fuck is going on. And the dude eventually like went from fucking like. Yeah, I mean, okay, like, that was a that we had nothing to do with, you know, he looked at us good and like. Yeah, he started doing, he goes, no, like, sabes que? Leave. Because I just called up the boys and they're all on their way right now. Because he saw four wow. guys in the alleyway and he didn't want to. <laughs> he that told you, no, you guys. That is crazy. He's telling, he's telling us, hey, get the fuck, fuck out of here. And leave you now, you and, and now we're fucking hauling ass over the bridge, and he's like, I, I'm like, I'm trying to call it off, but there's guys coming over here right now to yeah. get you yeah. guys. But you, you might get shot. You ran and, into, and he had a gun in his hand. Yeah. He, before anything happened, he he stopped all of us with the gun, and we all had to stop. Omar was was the first one to get gunned down. Shout out to Omar. Omar was shout out to Omar because he knows what's up, and I. We were standing over here and then the, you know, he, he walked them over to you guys. He walked them over to us. With his hands up. With his hands up. So when we got there, we were just pointless to what the fuck was going on. And we were just like, whatever you say, homie, we're going to do. You, so what, what's going on? You, you, know? you see, bro, you're lucky because you got a cholo with a conscience. We're lucky that we got a cholo with a conscience. Because in LA, that shit would have fly. In LA, they would have popped off on you. And if the homies would have got there before this would have happened, yeah. they would have probably got there fucking no. snapping, beating our ass or shooting at us. Yeah, in LA, they would have popped off on you. It don't matter right. what the it's, fuck it's you were. Yeah. Yeah. And this is yeah. an experience that I got at a very young age. And I'm just like, what the fuck did we just experience? Man? Yeah. And we're all, by the time we got home, we're and we're only we only live fucking on the other side of the bridge and a few blocks down, you know, mm -hmm. which turns into the north side now. Yes. So we live in the did north side. Did you feel safe then? No, hell yeah. But even then, we're just like, what the fuck did we just go through? Hey, tonight? Chente, touching on that, when you when you were in the in the pinnacle of of that life, bro. Did you have a conscience, or did you just were you at that point where you were like, fuck it, like whoever's out there. I'm fucking taking this motherfucker. Did you have a conscious or you were just fucking? No, I, I think I had a conscious, man. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like you had a conscious. Yeah, because there's some, you know, there's some some dudes that don't give a fuck straight hey, up. Hey, Chente, let me ask you something. Chente, can, can, I, 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 just like quickly, like just to like answer that question, just like quickly. Um, I think the majority of the people who get involved have consciousness. Yeah, have, have a conscious. It's just like those one few people that. It's the dirty dozen, bro. It's the dirty dozen. You have a handful of guys, and yeah. and you know just to, you know like like how many people were were in my gang, and and I would say easily it it was like easily three hundred people, if not more, man. Like it was north of three hundred people, bro. Like because it was it was like, 
you know, people my age, you know, the guys I grew up my age, we were close to 100, just us, my age, bro. And so we were really like, we were north of like 300, bro. And so it was, it was a lot of gente that, that were involved in that in my community. And I would say, you know, the majority of us, I would say we would have, we, we all had a conscience. It was just those few guys that were like the shot callers or those few guys that were the instigators, those few guys that provided the guns to, to everyone that kind of like made, you know, added fuel to the fire, you know, added, added to that shit. And so, hey, Chente, um, go for it. Is it true that, uh, and this is obviously, we, uh, what, what minute are we on then? Uh, minute 18. Okay. Uh, hour 18. Okay. Um, and we can edit this out. That's why I asked for the minute. Is it true that one time you fell asleep? No. One time you woke up and you were like, you had missing bullets in your gun and you were wondering, you didn't even know how that happened. Is that true? N not that I had missing bullets and that I woke up with a gun, man. Oh, then you woke up with a gun. How I, how I ended up with that gun. Okay. Um, but and then so you blacked I, out. At I woke a up with point. a swollen face. You woke I woke up. up with a swollen face. I had blood on my shirt and I had blood on my shoes and I didn't know what happened. Um, I I you know to tell you the truth I don't even know if I had if the gun even had bullets. I didn't even check it, you know. But um, I don't even know how I got home, you know. And it, it's stuff like that where you start really fearing like. Like fearing, fearing about what you what you did, or oh, what you're capable of. No recollection, no recollection of what I what I did the night before. Chet, what did what did you figure out that you were capable of? If if you understand the question, they were they were asking. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, um, that's a great question because I I don't even think I've ever considered it, man. Um. Well, I mean, you go from you go from getting shot at, and then and then you go to like applying for classes. That's like, yeah, you know, it's like, it, dude, like it. you went through some shit. Applying for classes is nothing. Yeah, you know, all of this homework is nothing. Or am I looking at this the wrong way? Or was it? Or was it? I mean, when you got shot at, you know, you were scared at the time. But after, when you guys start talking about it, was it more like, a, oh shit, that shit was crazy, and it was cool type of deal? Yeah. Oh, there's nothing cool about it, man, yeah. because there was, there was um, you know, there was friends, uh, people I grew up with, man, who were getting killed, man. So, um, you see, you, you, had, you had a different mindset, like, you were always, you were, you, that was in your life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I think right now, like, I'm having a hard time really understanding the question and really just, and try to piece it together, like, what I was thinking at that time and at different moments of my yeah, life. yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, what was I capable of at, at the time? I wasn't sure, yeah. man, because I'm still growing. I'm still trying to make sense of it. And um, I, I will say this, that there was moments where I think um, things could have gone really bad because I was in a position, I was in a situation where if, well, I'll give you an example. Um, so I had a, I had a friend who, who, who shot and killed shortly after I left uh, Wilmington. Who shot and killed his name his name was Brandon and he, he was one of those instigators he was one of those one of those guys that just you know who well, didn't give a fuck he was one of those right yeah and, um, and what he would do is uh, he would come by where we would hang out at and he you know he's slightly older than us um like two or three years older than us the majority of us would hang out there with my age who you know who from my age group and he would come and he would pick us up 
whoever wanted to roll with them, like, you knew if you were going to get in that car with them, you know, you were most likely to get into some shit. And after a while, I just started hanging out a lot with them. And um, and he'll come by to my house looking for me. And he'll come by to my house and pick me up. Or he'll come by and look. I used to hang out on the street called Hyatt Street. And that that was the, that was the gang or that was the clique that I hung out with was Hyatt. Um, you had different cliques. You had L Street and you had Mahard Avenue, and then you had Ghost Town. And so they're all those were all different cliques. The East East Side Pain. Um, you had East Side Pain. Yeah, those were the Bloods, <laughs> and and those were like yeah. a, a rival gang of ours. And that's where I lived. I actually, that's another reason why, like, like for me going home and, and for me, you know, going to school, and it was just like this this um. I constantly lived in fear, man, or constantly looking behind my back, or constantly getting ready to fight. Like, that was sort of the mentality I had. Where, like, it, when I decided to leave my home, like I, I had to like psych myself up. Like, I might get into a fight today, or I might end up getting shot at today. Like, that was the mentality, and that's how I had to prepare myself just to leave my home, bro. Just to go to like go to school sometimes, or just to go hang out on the weekend with my friends. You know, like that's. That was the mentality I had, but, right? Man. But but chill. What I'm trying to get at is like when you interacted with people who weren't in that, who were never shot at. That's the best way I could put it. Who were never like mm-hmm. in a little clique, and then they were getting shot at, and then their friend is shooting at them back. When you met people like like, unlike that background, like you, it like, might, you like me, yeah, like Jesus, <laughs> like, Danny, like, um, you must have thought like we were suckers or something, man. <laughs> you must have like been like, man, look at oh, these chumps. These chips. guys never lived. This look guy at these chumps right yeah. here. Like, let, let's be real, Chan. Like, what do you? Because like, I, I, I don't know. Like, like you asked, I, I don't know what I was speaking at that. Like, you asked me to. Like, I have a bad memory, so like to really go back in time and to really like ask myself what were my first impressions of people that I came across who didn't have the same background as I did. I don't. I, I don't think I ever thought of people like that as, as like you. You say it as like suckers. Um, Chen, Chen, let me like let me say something, Chen, please. Um, I, I and I and I completely agree with you because I I always thought of you as very goal oriented, and so my question was more like, um, you you were here to go to school to to be some like to be something. That's how I feel, and like you know there was people along the way that you know that you met. So yeah, so yeah, I understand. Like, um, uh, I don't think like I, I get it when you say like, "Oh, I don't really remember what I thought of you." It, it's it, because I feel like you no, know, you were focused on that prize. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Do you understand? Like, yeah, yeah, I do, and I think that's what it was. Not to like to be open. It doesn't come off in the, in the wrong way, Jesus. Because I no, I dude, like I said, I I, I agree with like what you're saying because. You were, um, I want to get to Berkeley. I want to ask you about like Berkeley and, the, and like what you learned and what you could teach us, you know, who, you know, Danny's the only one that's, you know, went to school and graduated out of all of us, you know. Um, so, you know, we, I want to get to that. But, but, but yeah, like I totally understand what you're saying. Like, hey, you know, like you were focused on something else. And, and, and like my, my curiousness had to deal with like you were getting shot at over there so when you came over here and you had to do a placement test and you had all all, all this stuff was like piece of cake for you or it must have been the relief too Papitas, you have to watch like, his back and shit like that or or, or were you still like uh, you know thinking you know like, i think it i think it takes a long time for someone who 
who, who grows up like yes. a thread to to really kind of um, view the world differently, man. Yeah. Like it, what I mean by that is, you know, you saw you saw the way I kind of you saw the way I dress and you saw the way I speak and my mannerisms and all that draws a lot of attention. And when I was in San Jose, I drew I drew the wrong attention. Like I was I was you know people. Tell us about that, cause I never saw that. I never, I never saw you draw the wrong attention. Like, what do you? Is there a specific yeah, I example? Yeah, experienced that from him at all. If, is there, is there a specific example that you could share with us? Oh, oh yeah. Um, in, in um San Jose City College, man. I, mm -hmm. I remember. Um, there's two events in San Jose City College where I think, uh, I think we're very revealing about like what I, what I think people thought of me, right? Um, one, one was um. I remember, okay, so this one time, um, I remember sitting, you know, right there next to the math building where they used to have, like, that math tutoring we used to have? Um, yes. I'm not sure if the building still exists there, but it was in front of the administration's office, and there was, like, a little bench. There was, like, two little benches, and they were made out of, like, concrete, and you were, they were right next to, like, the math tutoring place, the math tutoring center. And we used to we used to hang out out there a lot. Um, all of us would, um, with George and Noe and and um, and George Carlos and, Noe. and no, Jamie, Jamie and, and, and Jamie. Ariel and and Sal. El brother, and, el brother Ariel. Ariel. Hey, so and we would smoke cigarettes and talk and bullshit, right? And I remember being there once by myself, sitting down there by myself. And some guys sat right next to me, and I didn't even notice them because I was in my own head and I was thinking about like school and work and then the guy sits next to me and he's like where you from and i'm like what <laughs> and he's like where you from and i'm like oh man i don't like i, I was really like what like he kind of thrown off you were thrown off my, you, I, yeah, I was your gun was out was you had your gun out yeah you were thrown and, off and i looked at him and i'm like nah, i don't i'm not from anywhere man i don't bang and he, <laughs> and i noticed he had a knife in his hand bro and it was about to shank me the fuck? And that's why I was like, whoa! And and then I noticed he was tatted. You know, he had the X and the four on him and on his neck. And I was like, oh shit! He was about to what shank is City my College ass. doing? Allowing these people to just roam the well, the that campus? Well, that motherfucker was probably like, just <laughs> campus, yeah. Hey, was this he was like, probably a student? He was yeah. probably a student too, trying to, you know. Hey, Chente, was this by the way you looked and shit, like the way you were dressed and stuff? Yeah. You had to yeah. get that on. Huh? And you used the baggy pantalones and the, yeah. and the long shirt. You had that LA style. I had like yeah. a bald head at the time. I think I had a bald head at the time. And yeah, you you had that. So he knew style. right away. Like he knew right away. Like oh, he he's a gang member, but not a type. I not the type of gang members I hang out well, with. Well, he you knew know? you were a southerner, bro. He knew you were a southerner. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure man. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, you know what? It's it's like you said. Maybe he was a student. Trying to get out, but he felt like he had to fucking go and check you or something like that. Right. Yeah, because that mentality was still in him. Yeah, and see, you get a lot of folks, and, and see, this is why, I like, community college and, and teaching that, that one community college I brought up earlier at Southwest, mm -hmm. you know, you get a lot of students like that, right? You get students that are there because, you know, they, that's part of their parole. They've been told go there. Or... Or they went, they they're going there because of drug. They're trying to go through this drug rehabilitation program, and one of the one a part of that drug rehabilitation program is for them to go to school, right, and and take class, classes on like counseling or classes on on health, right. Mm -hmm. And so, who knows why he was there, but he was there, and he was about to shank me, bro. That's and so, crazy, bro. That's how I knew, like, 
like that's why like that that paranoia was still kind of in me. that's that's crazy and, though that you that you answered i wouldn't change the way i dress for some stupid reason no nah, right? but but mm-hmm. that's crazy too how you knew because you you were in that you knew to say i'm not from nowhere bro if you would have said oh i'm from from wilmington california i'm from socal or whatever that would have probably done it bro that would have probably done it too so but but you yeah. knew how to answer i mean you were out of you were out of that state of mind already. You know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah, right. and that's why, like, well, he was when he sat next to me again. I didn't even notice him sitting next to me until he spoke. Until yeah. I'm like, whoa, like, like, where'd you come from? Like, he just like magically appeared, bro. And then I'm, like, I'm like, no, I'm not from anywhere. And and so, but then when he got up, I saw as he was getting up, he had that shank, and it was right next to me, bro. He had that shank like right next to my body. He was about to stab me, my man. So. That really, that really like makes shit really real for me, right? And I, and I, and that's when I was, I started like, <laughs> it was moments like that where I did, I did try to change the way I look. I did try to, you know, let my hair grow out. I did try changing my style of dress and and wearing hats to the side to look more hip hop, right? Like yeah. kind of fit in with George and Noe and like yeah. Carlos and Jamie. Hey. And be more hip hop and 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 not draw too much negative attention towards myself. Hey, you know? hey, Chente, what was the outcome of that like that whole scenario thing that you live with that guy, man? Like, what happened? Well, you say he tried to change his appearance. He changed his appearance. No, no, no. I'm saying like at the moment, like what, like, what oh, happened? Well, what ended up happening? What did you answer the guy? Away? Oh, homie yeah. just walked away. He just walked away. And that's when he realized he was ha- he had a shank in his. Oh, head. he just he walked like, off. Oh, okay. He, and so. So you got Chenta sitting down there reflecting, thinking, "Fuck, like this dude had this shit on my gut." I need to like. Yeah, yeah. my ass was to say, "Oh, I'm from SoCal." He put that would have probably been enough right there. So it's not like just moving here. I have to change my appearance. Yeah, it's like that shit follows you. It follows you, bro. It follows you and shit, and that's and that's what's crazy. Oh yeah, Chente. So when you were active, bro, in the in the in the body, when you were active. Like, like they used to hit you up, and you would always say like, "Oh, you know, I'm fucking weed my straight up Flintstones." What's up? Like, you were you were yeah. active? Yeah, man. Um, and that's what got me into a lot of trouble. You that's know, I, I I didn't, I wasn't, I, I never claimed to be a Flintstone, but um, my cousins were, you know, and and I think I, I think I, if I wanted to claim like, you know, that I was a you Flintstone, could, you I, could, I could have because so you I never got jumped in or anything there, like that. I grew up there, and I knew a lot of people from there. But I, I didn't claim um, Flint Street. I claimed uh, Hyatt Street, and so. Oh, but, so you were like, but, is that like Will? Is there there's a gang there? Cause I'm like Will Will, Hall Park locals or something like that, no? Those are the West Siders. Yeah, those are the West Siders, man. Yeah, those and, are the other. Bringing up all this shit. Dude, you should write a book. You're a fucking encyclopedia over here. You're freaking educated. That's all that is. Yeah, like a history major on fucking No, cause I on the Isel on the Isel. Uh, Hyatt Street, there's L Street, Avalon Boulevard, huh? all those areas. Yeah. You see? That's because we're familiar yeah. with LA, bro. We're, we're, yeah, not, we're not down LA. there. Yeah. We're out there every month, bro. So, Chente, I'm familiar. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question, Chente. I want your, uh, I want your honest opinion. So, obviously me, uh, my brother, and my family, and yourself included, uh, we're, all, we're all Dodger fans, man. We yeah. love... We, we all love Dodger Stadium. We love Vince Goley. You know, we, we all about that shit. What about Kershaw? Are you, Kershaw. Are you like a huge Ker- fan of Kershaw? Yeah, I, I have no hate with Kershaw. I have he no hate with Kershaw. Kershaw. What about last year, though? Did you have I any still got no hate with him. I have hate 
I just want to know, pictures. though. I just want to know. I had hate on Donnie, Donnie Baseball when he was the manager. They can't check that scene. Hey, check that goes for Dodgers. Check that you go for Dodgers. Yeah, man. Okay. I believe it, bro. I believe so, Dodgers. Right, so, so they won, right? So they yeah, won. So this is, this is, uh, Chente, this is uh, an episode, All Things LA, and you're obviously a part of it because, you know, like, we know that you're a big deal in LA, you know? And you're a big deal to us, Chente, and we're, 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 we're very happy. We're very happy that you're... Uh, hey, well, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> you're, that I'm a big deal to you guys. At, at hey, you're a big deal to me. Hey, you're a big deal you're a big yeah, deal, brother. When you guys invited me to do this, I was uh, like, "Hey, yeah, man, I'm so happy." I've right never, now. I've never I'm met so you, brother, but right but I, I really wish we could like connect and talk, bro. I think you met him. You 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 can talk. You, 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 you might have met him. Never met him. You might you might have met him at the apartment. No, maybe maybe, but I was maybe at a bar. I was a young Chente was always doing what he had to do. I know George. I know everybody else. Chente, when did when did you move to what first Texas Arizona? Where did you move first? Like when you left the Bay Area? He was oh, about the Dodgers. Oh, I went to Texas, Dallas, man, Dallas area, bro. What year? I was there for three years. I was there for three years. I think it was between oh oh five to oh eight. Yeah, no, I missed yeah. it. I missed no, it. Yeah, I missed oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. And then from there, and uh, from there Worth, went to no? Chicago. Fourth Worth, no? Wouldn't you live in Texas by Fourth Worth, or am I tripping? Well, okay, so, yeah, well, I mean, that, that whole area is like, um, you have Dallas, so you have Fort Worth, and then you have um, Arlington, yeah. right? Oh. So with the Cowboys, with yeah, the Cowboys know, thing, where they had the, the World Series, yep. that's all Arlington. And so so you had like that, that those three those three cities, uh-huh. and they make up the Dallas Fort Worth area, right? Arlington, Dallas Fort Worth. I, Dallas and then Fort Worth. And then and I, 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 I live towards the yeah. outskirts, or at the time I lived towards the outskirts of Dallas, closer to Arlington. Okay. I, I might have met you when, uh, did you come for Sal's wedding, bro? Yeah, I did. Maybe that there I good. seen you. Pero no me acuerdo bien. Maybe you were recognized me because I was the flyest dude there. I don't know if you remember that. Damn. You remember the flyest dude you seen there? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I, I need more information, bro. Like, yeah, what made, nah, nah. made you fly, bro? What made you the flashiest dude? <laughs> yeah. I was the flashiest dude there with boots, with cowboy boots. Fuck, no, I don't remember that, man. <laughs> I think I was yeah. hey, showing hey, up with cowboy boots. So, so, congrats, first off, uh, congrats, congratulations to us. Uh, for finally winning the World Series. In this case, in, in my lifetime, that I can remember. Because, uh, you know, I know I was alive during the 88 one, but I was four. I can't remember shit from, you know, from the time. But here's, here's, here's my question. I, I've been recommended to hit up King Taco after, after Dodger games. And uh, I have a very biased opinion about King Taco. What's your two-part question? What's your opinion on King Taco and SoCal? And what place do you recommend for like a burrito taco kind of thing after Dodger game? It's COVID right now, bro. You can't. No, no, it's to go, homie. Yeah. It's to go. Damn. Uh, <laughs> damn. Dude. Hey, because honestly, like, you could just go to any like food truck you and you slap it on the real taco man you're talking about king taco see that's no, that's how you keep it real with LA, the food yeah. truck you're but it's true about anything closer to mexico it's bomb yeah it's bomb dude because i had like i had mexican food in in la when i go to disney or anything like down there 
Dude, the, the food is fucking good, man. Yeah, Everything is fucking good. Yeah, it is good. We got went to LA with the. And baby. I think if you guys want to ask somebody about food, <laughs> it would be these niggas. Yeah, yeah. Out. No, LA, 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 LA's Mexican food is on point. LA's Mexican food is on point. Hey, all things LA. Hey. You guys are happy for the Dodgers? Yeah. Hey. It's because LA got that vibe. LA, LA is one of a kind. So LA, everyone got COVID. No, no one. <laughs> there was no, 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 hey, check this out. There was a player on the eighth inning. He got called out because he yeah, tested positive. No, we're talking about LA and the Dodgers. He tested positive for COVID. Yeah. On the eighth inning. That's a conspiracy theory. Nah, Chente. look. Chente. Hey, no, hold on, hold on. Guys. This fool got kicked out. He, they told him he needs to no, get off the field. Out, they, he got, yeah. they told him he needs to get off the field. He needs yeah. to stop, like, that being in contact matter. with people. Dude, when they won the championship, he came back in the fucking field and took pictures with people. Okay, okay, okay so that doesn't matter. I'm just saying, bro. What I was trying to say, this was my point. This was my point. What I'm trying to say is, uh, I'm a fucking, I'm a diehard Ace fan. I love the Ace. Chente, you like the, you like the Ace. Come on, you have, you have a soft spot for the Ace. What I'm trying to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this. Uh, the whole, um, you guys haven't won since whatever it was, eighty, eighty something, eighty eight, eighty eight. You guys won this. The, 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 the whole fucking, the whole shit that happened after the whole game. Nothing that we would do would be top what LA and the whole vibe, the whole fucking people taking it to the streets, the the, the culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. That wouldn't happen out here with us if the A's won. No. The, the Frisco niggas did it, but they didn't do it like the way that LA did it, you know what I mean? They did no, it big. No. They, it's they, they took it to the streets hey. and they celebrated what they, they deserve to hey, celebrate. Hey, Chente, are you a Lakers fan too, bro? También, bro. También, man. So, I'm not an LA fan touching <laughs> back, but my respects, they deserve Thank it. Thank you, Polo. They Thank you. Today, to check that today's uh, LA podcast and Polo's bringing some yeah, to the my respects. Polo, my I don't respect. want to play Polo either, bro. I like this. I like this right now. 
Uh, my LA fan. I'm thinking you know I'm the same page, man. My respects, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, you know, you know um, I, I've taken a lot of people who come visit it. Um, people from Chicago, people from the Bay Area, um, people from from Texas who come visit me, man, and I, I take them to Dodger Stadium. You took, and you took I'm me. Not, I'm not I, was, to I was one of those persons, you know, dude. Dodger, Dodger Stadium is really special, and I think yeah, anyone goes to Dodger he Stadium. Took us, he took us to a game. In the bleachers, yeah. Like watch a game in the bleachers. Oh, you can eat hot dogs. I can't drink. Honestly, guys, I only drink by. Man, it's just, it's just something Never about Chavez Ravine. It's just something about where, where that stadium's like up on a hill or up on a mountain. On the mountain top, bro, and then when the sun is setting, yeah, they, they call it they call it blue heaven, and yeah. I'm yeah. like, yo, it, it is, it's like heaven, Ch- bro. Ch- Ch- you know, Cali, something magical, I'm gonna say something so. beautiful you know about it, that stadium. You know what it is, Chente? Un desmadre, we, un despapaya, bro. And that's there's a lot of history, And Chente, that was my point, Chente. That was my point. It's a whole different culture. Definitely Valenzuela because he's a, he, he's all about Mexico and shit. But watch the commentator, you, watch what you say right now. The ben commentator, what's it? He's something. Well, else, yeah, bro. I'm gonna be like this, bro. Dodgers is el equipo de los mexicanos, straight up. Quien quiera no, that's what it is. Bro. Not only los mexicanos, de I los paisas, say, but let me say, no, that's what I'm saying. Look, hey, Chente, you know what? Mexican has a lot to no, do. No, listen, look. You know what I like about Dodger Stadium and the games and stuff, bro? Okay, you're out there. And you're in the bleachers, like you said. All you can eat hot dogs, all you can eat peanuts, soda, whatever you want. But you see the people out there and the diversity, bro. You're next to African Americans, Chicanos, whites, Asians, todo. I did todo. And it's one because that's what LA is. It's a melting pot. It is. But then you go to San Francisco out here to the to the Giants when the Dodgers come. Oh, we come oh, and yeah. check them out. And the yeah, fans, bro, some puros gabachos. <laughs> Cause it's so bro, expensive, you're it's so get us uppity. Canceled, bro. It's what's not. That, what are you doing right now? And 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 Asian, like Filipinos, it's, it's not diversity, bro. Talk about There's no, no diversity, and that's why I think LA. That's why I think Dodgers, bro, is the team of the people, oh, bro. Boy, like, I go every year to Fan Fest, bro, and just walking in that stadium, walking in that field, it's badass, bro. It's an experience. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'll, I'll just add. I'll add to that by saying, um. You know, I lived in Koreatown for 10 years. Yeah. And you know, when the Dodgers had a uh, I, I, I believe you pronounce the name Hinjin Ryu. Yeah. And when they had yeah. oh, pitching, bro, yeah, no, yeah. Ryu that pitching, crazy. it could have been on a Tuesday, it could have been on a Wednesday. It could have been a meaningless game, bro. But yeah, Hinjin Ryu pitching and K-Town would just come alive. Yeah, man. bro. They got everybody. hit the clubs, yep. hit the restaurants, and they'll be packed. And the, and the Kore- Korean folk, man be like supporting Hinjin Ryu and it was just like a fanaticism man it's just like you throw a strike and then the, everyone in there would be like yeah like if you were in the stadium you're like yeah it's just a strike bro it's yeah. the first it's inning, they got everybody bro they got the Japanese dude they got the Korean dude they got the paisa <laughs> the Mexicano they got everybody bro it's the people's team and it was really cool man especially seeing it from that perspective I mean from the Korean perspective 
uh, supporting Hinjin Ryu, man. It was really dope, man. Yeah. Really silly too, man, but really, really dope, man. Hey, uh, um, hey Chet, real quick, uh, Miguel Munoz is signing off, but we're still here. Uh, Miguel Munoz, thank yeah, you for hey, stopping Chente, by. I got I to gotta cut out, man, but uh, good hearing your voice. It was nice to hear from you again. And, uh, Hope everything's going well. When can, we, when can we expect you again back on the podcast? What's the name Maybe not next podcast? Sunday, but the following the one. I'll the following definitely be around Sunday. Sal, we need you the for next Sunday, Sal. Okay. All right, Chanta, good hearing from you, man. Hey, hey, Miguel, it was great hearing your voice again, too, man, and hopefully we see each other soon. Hell yeah, sure, man. That sounds like a plan, man. Yeah, Take for sure. Up, Te vas por la sombrita. I will, man. What is happening? <laughs> I'm on the shade. Now that we have a little break before you leave, I'd like to yeah. A special fo- a special shout out to all the fallen ones is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, day yeah. The day so uh, RIP to all our loved ones and uh, you know, I'm sure there's around listening to us and guiding us and sh- watching over us. You 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 you're getting us canceled right now. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you're getting us canceled, bro. What do you do with this? It is a day to day, bro. Spirituality. Yeah. Black magic stuff. What are you talking day. about right now? Arriba los muertos. So, What's going on right now, man? We're trying to keep it. Jesus, we're trying to keep it. G for you soon. Go Yankees. Hell yeah, go Yankees, man. All rise, the judge is coming in, man. He likes the A rods. It's the only one that has, pinche maleta. Hey, uh, Chent. What's up? Hey, Chente, I want to ask you something. Uh, uh, Berkeley, the philosophers, the the writers, like, what's going on, man? What what's? Tell me about poetry. Talk to me about. Uh, you know, all of that stuff that you learn in Berkeley? Well, you know, in terms of philosophy and, yes. well, and poetry and all that, you know, it, it's it's been on, uh, it's been put on hold for, for a while now, man. Um, the the reading has been put on hold for a while. Why is you know that? Been yeah, it, it just has, um, what, I, what I've been trying to get into more now is, um, it, it like uh, getting more into like activism and Ooh. trying to provide that type of uh, reading and and curriculum to my students. Um, you know, this semester we talked about we've talked about um, like education and the role of education and how education should prepare people for for real life things, right? Like K through twelve doesn't really help many people succeed in life. It just it just um, like, it, it teaches them how to take tests, but doesn't really teach them about life. And so, those are some of the discussions I've had with my students about the, the real purpose and the real role of education and how there's a difference between schooling and being educated and how we could educate ourselves. And, well, you know, just just um, getting them ready for, like, that whole discussion about education was to get them ready for, like, what, what my whole purpose for, for class and teaching my classes are for and to get them to engage in, in in politics, get get them engaged in our democracy, get them engaged in their civic responsibilities to, what, what, to what? make their communities better, to make their cities better, and, Chente, and just to go for mom. Chente, what were those writings though? What 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 were those uh, books that 
led you towards that? What literature? What literature, yeah. or 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 how did it come about? I'm pretty dude, because I feel like. Um, well, let's put it this way. Those things. What's 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 one piece of literature that you could say that gave you like a different point of view, or what have you read that you said? Or wow, what? Or yeah. what's or what's a sentence from a book that yeah, you what, that that just made like that just woke you up? I yeah. Guess. What piece of literature? Damn, that's a that's a really good question, my brother. I mean, um, you know the 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 authors that I've. I hold the, uh, the closest to me and the dearest to me, man, have always been the Latino writers. Um, they've always been Marquez, have, have always been like Sandra Cisneros, have always yeah. been like um, uh, Oscar Seta Costa. Those are the ones that have always spoken to me because they, you know, in, in writing literature, in, in writing, uh, you know, being lyrical and in a way they're just poetic, right? They're being poetic as well. And, they also have a form of activism in the writing and it's always i always felt like that's what what i've always struggled with like do i want to be a writer do i want to be a poet or do i want to be an activist and it's like that that's that's my constant conflict and struggle is like what do i really want to do and be and and so i i've written a lot i've written a lot of like short stories and i've written like a manuscript and and yet um and i love there's moments in my reading, like what I read, that I've written, and I read it, and I'm like, there's something there, man. Like, that's, that's fucking, that's a beautiful paragraph right there, or that's a beautiful sentence right there. Which, which and then one? And after, when, when I read, like, authors, active, yeah, like, I'm like, fuck, this is what I want to do, and this, and they're very subversive in their writing, too, and, you know, one of the books that I've read maybe three or four times, that I continue to visit because the language is so beautiful, man, and I think he's a fucking genius. It is my guess. And the book that I read is The Autumn of the Patriarch. And for me, this is one of the best books that I think, for me personally, it, it means something to me because I see his genius, right? Like, like my guess, genius. This, repeat this name again, please, Chente. The, the Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and the name of the book is The Autumn of the Patriarch. Gabriel Marcia no. no Gabriel Marquez the last one Okay Gabriel and Marquez the arm of the patriarch Are, um, Okay got it. Uh, His middle name is well he has Gabriel Garcia Marquez Yeah yeah, yeah. So this cat I mean this book is just amazing I mean, if you ever read Hundred Years of Solitude which is his his most famous book Oh okay <laughs> that guy No I haven't read it I haven't read it Okay, so th this is before he wrote 100 Years of Solitude, and you can see sort of like him experimenting with with that type of like novel, like experimenting with like style and form. He, this one's a lot harder to read, um, way harder to read, The Autumn of the Patriarch than, than 100 Years of Solitude, but it's because he does some crazy things in here, man. Like he'll write, he'll write a whole chapter, like a 40-page a, a chapter, and, and it's only there's only like three paragraphs in the whole chapter and within within those three paragraphs you probably have like like I don't know maybe like five or six sentences right and so it takes like all kinds of like concentration from the readers part to to understand what's going on because he's constantly shifting like point of views yeah and then he's constantly like parroting a lot of events so is it like so, memoirs or what? 
It's what? Is it like memoirs? Like each chapter is like a little story, like individual story, and then in the end it ties in? It, it's, it's all right, so it, it's a novel, right? It's fiction, and it's um, it's from the perspective of, and it's funny because it's kind of like what we were talking about today. It's, it's about this guy who has power. It works out that way, Chen. It, it's, it's this guy who has power, but he's constantly paranoid. He's the president of some country in Latin America. Yeah. He's a dictator. He rules by fear, but he's constantly being like he's paranoid that people are trying to assassinate him. Like, oh, so it's, it's Donald Trump. His, <laughs> no, hey, no, <laughs> chill out, bro. Hey, sorry, check continue, Chen. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Hey, okay. It's an amazing book. It's extremely surreal. I mean, he's labeled as a as magical realist. I don't know what that means, but you can see um, it, it is surreal, magical right? Realist. It's beautiful it's the language so. he uses. If I if I could find the passages to read to you guys, it, it's freaking crazy, bro. It's like this passage of um, there's a lot of absurdity, absurdity, right? We're like I love it. <laughs> It's 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 amazing, bro. Um, I love this book. It's amazing. Um, if I could find it, there's this particular passage where he's talking about just like he's so angry at his at his country and his countrymen because they're ungrateful because he's done so much for the country. In reality, all he's ever done is exploit them. In reality, all he's ever done is just um, like take like take he takes what he wants, right? Like he he rapes all these women. Uh, he takes all the gold. He kills everyone who disagrees with them, right? And yet, he, he reminds me a lot of Trump. He fu- this guy's like Shit. fucking Trump, right? ¿Qué dije? I nailed it, bro. What? No, I, I, I said it sounded like Trump. I, told, I, I said, like, was he Trump? Yeah, it sounds like it, bro. It's oh, these people. Like, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that, it's like, <laughs> yo, he said it. I called it. It's because it sounds like it. it's people that have all this power and they think they're they're doing good, but in the end, it's just benefiting themselves, bro. Like yeah. Richard Nixon. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, man, I'm going ch- to check that out. Have you ever, yeah, hey, Chente, have you ever, it's 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 not yeah. it's not up there like the book you mentioned right now, but have you ever read Always Running? Yeah, that was like. Luis Rodriguez? Yeah, man. What you think about that, bro? And for a long time, that's what I taught in class. Oh, um, wow. I thought it was an amazing book because um, I I, it, I could connect it to so much stuff, right? Like, connected to violence, connected to, like, poverty, connected to, like, um, just um, a, a drugs and drug addiction. But also there's scenes there of, like, rape, right? Um, yeah. There's... Um, of uh, activism, right? And yeah. and so and conscience you know, too, being conscious yeah, about the stuff you're doing. Conscious, all that shit, bro. And so it was a great book. My students really loved it because especially my students from Pasadena because they're from the San Gabriel Valley, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, from, they're from that area. Yeah. So all the students were like, Man, I live right there. That's my neighborhood or yeah. I know where exactly where he's talking about and so those students like they really, really loved it, man. Um we talk about uh, uh, we talk about Charles Manson. We talk about Charles Manson yeah. and his idea of like uh, helter skelter. This idea of like um, yeah, trying to initiate a race war. And we will talk yeah. about like you know, there's people who actually think that 
Chente. The rule be race war here in the United States, hey, right? We're, we're, we're pretty we're close, close to that, that right man. now, bro. We're pretty close to that. Hey, Chente, can I, I, I need to ask you advice on something. Yeah. Go for it. I feel like uh, there's a lot of propaganda towards a civil war that's going to happen with the election. And the way I see it is that why are we being fed this whole this so-called civil war that's going to happen do you do you understand like do do uh, are you aware of that like the democrats and the you know the people are going to fight no matter what after these elections are you, what's oh, man um I'm scared of that and 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 I feel like we're being fed this and I'm going like dude I have I have things to do I don't got time to fight anybody. I, I got to go to work. I got, I got things to do. You got bills and shit. I got bills to pay. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? I got to fight somebody. Uh, Chente, you 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 went to Berkeley. What 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 can you tell me, like, from your your perspective on uh, these political things that are happening right now? I I think it's a trend that's happening not just here but globally. Um. Oof. This uh, this uh, white nationalism, uh, this return to like populism, right? Um, I think you know you're right. I, I feel the same fears, right? Because um, you know someone someone um, said a, a statistic the other day that like you know Trump supporters um, out of the 400 million guns that are owned in this country, his supporters own 300 million of them. Right, crazy. and that right there to me said like, wow, like, and and you you know you hear these conspiracy like these plots that have been um that have been uh, I guess you know um, the FBI have like stopped and shit from developing and happening where you have like these white nationalists uh, uh conspiring to like kidnap you know this senator or this governor or like yeah. these white nationalists uh coming up with a plan to assassinate Joe Biden and you know. But the FBI, the FBI making statements, the FBI saying that that the biggest threat to our national security is white nationalism, man. And so when you do all those things, I'm like, well, it, it makes sense because, you know, Donald Trump is playing on that on on the, on that xenophobia, on that on that um. He's playing the race card. politics. What what can we? Like right now, this is our opportunity to just say like, okay, I'm I'm you know like you you know me. I'm not gonna describe myself on you know because yeah. Chente, you know me. I got things to do. I'm not gonna fight anybody. You know my situation, or at least you know you kind of yeah. know my situation. But like, how mm -hmm. can we put these white supremacists at at rest? Like, dude, like this is old school. Like this, yeah, it, this things don't work like that anymore. Like. Like um, white uh, social or uh, nationalist or 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 and and I'm gonna get canceled right now or Black Lives Matter or or yeah. or, or Mecha or whatever yeah. this La Raza thing like dude what or what do you what do you what do you think like uh, you're more red than I am Chente help me with this like you're more burst on that yeah section. like what's going on really? right here I feel you're this talking way. about like identity politics right yeah There's like no what's up with this like politics. we don't have to go down that way I got things to do I got bills to pay you know like I, I dude what's going on right now you know you well, see here's the thing I I feel like um 
and, and I play into them. Huh? I, I do play into identity politics, and I think um, I, the way I approach, like talking about politics, I think I, I think people do identify it as identity politics. But I think we get to a point where like we're tired of being excluded, man. When we're tired of being criminalized and, and we're tired of being dehumanized, man. And and if the solutions that people are coming up with are not beneficial to everyone, then it's it's like I feel like if you know you see you see the whole issue with immigration, right? And you see what what past this administration is doing and past administrations are doing to our gente here in the country, but also to our gente at the border, right? Yeah, and. This is what I've, I've talked to my students about. We're, 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 discussing, we're discussing immigration for this module. And I talked about the Bracero program, right? Because, I, you know, I tell students, like, look, we constantly blame individuals for making the decision to come here and to come here without um, proper documentation, right? Uh, for lack of a better word, illegal, right? To come here illegally, right? Yeah. But then, I, you know, I, I explained to my students, well, but why is that? Like, we blame the individuals. But we hardly ever look at forces that are beyond their control, right? That that affects hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people. Listen. You have natural natural disasters. You have wars that force people to leave their country, right? To come here, right? So why do we punish people for seeking a better life? Why do we punish them? Because right? this is, because this is the gated community, Chente. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is the, this is what they have to do. This is Elysium. This is, this is the place where you want to get to. And the people that are already here, they just want to make sure that it doesn't fall apart. And, and you're hearing this from a, from a guy who's in the tricky situation. But, but, but Chente, I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking my mind. Like, how, how, how do you feel about what I just said? Like, do you agree or disagree? What's going on? Well, I'm not. I'm not really sure what position you're you're on yet, right? Um, I'm not really sure. I know. I know you're saying, well, I'm more busy trying to, you know, make ends meet. I can't worry about fighting. But um, people are making decisions for you, whether whether you participate in, 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 yeah. in this or not, right? Yeah. Who's, who are making decisions for you, my brother? And so my thing is this: like, if the decisions that are being made are not beneficial to everyone. Then we must call people out, man, and we must we must ask ourselves why. Like, what, what, who has? Chete, who, let me who add, let this? me let and me who from this, my brother. Like, and, and, I'll, and I'll make my point. Like, I'll try to, as best as possible to make my point. Um, when we when we come across like statistics, like there's 12 million people here who are undocumented. Who does that benefit, right? Who does that benefit to have 12 million people here? An estimated. 12 million people here who are undocumented. Who does that benefit? The big companies, bro? To pay when, when I tell students, like, when I tell students, look, we used to have a Bracero program, uh, 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 an agreement between countries uh, uh, regarding labor, right? Mm -hmm. And to allow people to work here, right? Like, we ended this program in 1964. We've never come, we've never created another labor agreement like this ever since 1964. Right? Yeah. Uh, why is that? Because people from all over Latin America are still trying to enter the country. They're still looking for opportunities. Why have we not created a new Bracero program or a new program that will be equally beneficial to to people on, on all sides, right? Yeah, in both who countries. Do, who, do, who do these policies benefit, really, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest fear, the biggest fear is that those in power see that the dem- demographics here in the United States are changing, are becoming more, more, you know, black and brown, more Asian, and, and white folks are becoming the minority. And, and it's, like, if you look at Los Angeles, white folks are the minority. If you look at California, white folks are the minority. And this is a trend that's not that's happening all over the United States, and they see this, bro. And so they, I think their fear is, their fear is that, you know, it's going to change. And I've had this conversation, look, I had this conversation once at a bar with this cat. And he came in, and he was wearing like a cowboy hat, and he was wearing like this belt made out of turquoise, and like, like he was a weddle, he was a straight weddle from, um, uh, from Arizona. Yeah. And he came into this downtown, uh, downtown bar in downtown L.A., and he was all talking about politics, right? And he sat next to me. And after a while, I'm like, well, I engaged him, right? Like, he was talking politics to the bartender. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I engaged him. And we started talking politics, right? And and he, what he said to me, what he said to me is like, yeah. He's like, well, why would we want to give up power? Aren't you guys going to treat us the way we treated you? And, and, and that's what I like. So that's your biggest fear? Your, your fear is that... We're going to treat you like shit because you've always treated us like shit. Like, that's your biggest fear. And he's like, well, aren't you? Aren't you going to treat my people like shit? I'm like, no, I'm not. I want what's fair for everyone. But see, not but I, And I think this was very revealing, right? Like, yeah. very revealing. I know he's one individual and he's not speaking for everyone. But I think those who are like, who are buying into this white nationalism and this populist rhetoric, I think that's their fear. And no. I think that's something that they all kind of have in common, right? And, this and is why, like, like you have, an, uh, you know, someone who's in, in the presidency who plays on their fears, man. And as he plays on their fears, he doesn't give them shit either, bro. He yeah. takes advantage of them as well, man. Can we say that they got what? nothing to fear of? Like, dude, they have nothing to fear Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not the fear. It's the fear of not knowing. It's the fear of the unknown. Like with the with the gentleman you're talking to, like oh well, you know what? It might be that um, you know, treat us like, treat us like uh-huh. You're gonna put these laws that you know, uh, systemically they're gonna you know discriminate and put us down um, purposely for for advantage. So I can see where I can also play. And then of course you have the big corporations going back. You were talking about how come we don't build another Brazil program? I mean, let's not let's not kill ourselves. This government. And the United States work for rich people. All these corporations in Central and Central and South America, even Mexico. You go to Mexico, you, you're seeing big ass automobile companies. You're seeing Philips. You're seeing you know HP. You're seeing all these big Samsung. ass corporations. Samsung. Seeing those corporations, I gobierno and all these rich people. It's not. It's not going to be beneficial for them to pay them a minimum wage uh, or live a quote unquote livable. Um, a wage, because that's a completely different story. Um, for them, they benefit from charging, you know, giving them a quarter or a dollar a day, you know, and you know, wreck up um, big cap- ass, making big ass, yeah, it's capitalism, capitalism it's with all these big ass um, profits. So that's why I think also why a Brazil program hasn't been made since the '60s, because it doesn't benefit these big corporations that have politicians in their pockets. Chete, can I ask you something, Chete, real quick? Go for it. For the people that are making 60 cents a day, quote-unquote, yeah. and there's people, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. there's people that are making 60 cents yeah. a day, you know, uh, but I mean, when I say quote-unquote is 
for for the rest of us who live here in San Jose. San Jose is really expensive, blah, 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 all of that. For those people that are making, you know, uh, what 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 advice do you have for them, you know, as as for the people who you know? Yeah. I you know, um, and and so you know that's why that's why I tell people to get engaged in politics, man. Um, at, at the at the community level, you know, at the local level, community level, city level, state level, because even though. You, you may you like for people who are undocumented they still have a voice they can still petition they can still you know get involved in, in, in making their communities better and making improving their quality of life right this is this is a big topic of conversation that i have with my yeah. students um and and what like i'll say this because it was, it was mentioned during the conversation earlier about um you know how the corporations are still making man they're, they're collecting billions and billions of dollars bro and we're in a recession bro they're collecting billions of dollars and and so many people are out of work and how does that does that even make sense amazon bro it doesn't work out it doesn't make and sense. so i mean uh one of the one of the modules we we covered in my in my classes was on um automation ai and social media and the articles we've read my brother it you know there is a they're claiming some of the articles are claiming that by 19 by 2060 right by 2060 uh right before the turn of the century bro that like over 70 percent of 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 jobs will be replaced by robots man mm -hmm. is that really gonna happen though it's going on. is it's that go really gonna happen it's going look, look what's going on right now with the with like um with covid right now everybody switch over to online Everybody, no, everybody's just going like I can work over the phone. Like, no, like, but it's like and it's, that's, that's, that's cutting a medium. Though. That's, that's cutting the, a contact point. So yeah, it's cutting somebody list, off. Yeah. you're cutting people off. A hundred years ago, automobiles were made by hand. They had thousand motherfuckers just right. to build that's one car. Now it's just robots. Yeah. You go to a restaurant right now and you scan a code, which gives you the menu you order online. And so that's you replacing the waiter. That's a bar, bro. And that gives you no, no, but mira. No, you're you're right, Polo. You're right, Polo. Cause listen, I can place an order and I even have to call nobody. I can go online. You don't have to I, deal with anybody. Mira, Kona prefers it that mira, way. I can literally tell my phone who's listening to every single thing. That's I can, how Kona likes I can it. tell I can tell yeah, my phone right. to open Starbucks and do my order, and Starbucks and the Apple automatically order what I want and where it is, and that eliminate. And all I do is just go pick them order and that leave. That eliminate the barista who's taking the cashier who's taking your. Your order right there. But so the barista makes the coffee. Can, no, no, but the can, 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 can I can I interject and like yes, just yes, give you guys some yes, examples please. of what we've come across and like um just to like if, if I'll give you an example a personal example of how this affected my family. Sure. Um, in Florence, in Torrance, there's a warehouse. The Puma Puma has a warehouse in Torrance, right? Puma mm -hmm. the shoes, Puma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, Puma. they replaced make, they replaced two hundred workers, bro. Um, I think it was like a, a couple years ago. Like three or four years ago, Puma they replaced two hundred workers with with a machine, bro. So like two hundred workers that's just crazy. got replaced by a that's machine. And the name of this machine is called Bastion, or the the company was called Bastion Solutions. And what they created was like damn, we're gonna um, cancel, bro. And you know what? Check that. <laughs> Honestly, I think that, that that's gonna get worse, bro. It's only that's only the beginning. Like I mean, they, they're, well, they're okay. And then also, right before right before we got into twenty twenty, the year twenty twenty. 
uh, the Port of Los Angeles, which is the biggest port in the, the whole biggest, United the States. Uh, the longshoremen, the longshoremen have been These resisting biggest. and fighting against the automation of the Los Angeles That's port. Right so think about all the thousands of people that are going to lose their jobs uh, out there in, in the port of Los Angeles. Automation is right. It's already here, people. It, it, it's already it's here, man. Because it's something Look, that there's cars. Yeah, there's cars right now that can drive on their the own. That, right. The, yeah. Right. There's cars that can drive. Look at Tesla. Baby. Look at the company Look, Tesla. Tesla has come up with cars and a truck that can drive on its own. Hey, they can replace all the truck drivers. They can replace all the Uber drivers, bro. It's already here. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. I'll give you I'm talking a lot, right? I'm talking a lot. Last example, automation, like like AI, artificial intelligence, it's been, bro. It's been around. You know, you exactly the, the, the owner of Tesla. That's what I'm trying to ask. Tesla. The owner of Tesla. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based out here. So he had a new startup company. Yeah. He, he started. He started this company this year, like about three months ago. New yeah. startup company, yeah. bro. Yeah. It's, it's called Neuralink. Yeah. Right. Go on to YouTube. And look up Neuralink. He's giving a speech about implanting, implanting people a computer chip in people's Chente. brains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bullshit, we're we're trying to get bullshit. sponsored by these people. Chan, yeah, what are you, you doing? You're get us cut off Dude, he, he's already he's already experimenting yeah. on pigs. Elon Musk he's already is crazy, experimenting bro. on pigs, yeah. bro. But he's it's crazy. better for us. Elon Musk is crazy. No, it's better for us for what? For they can fucking track us where we're at. Nah, man, that's what bro. we gotta do for work to Amazon or whatever. No, no. Ooh, look, look into this. He, he. All right. So the, he, what's gonna, you know, he's not gonna have doctors performing this operation. He's gonna have machines performing this operation, yeah. like removing a piece of your skull and then implementing, like implanting a computer chip. He's gonna have a computer do this, bro. He said, these are his words, bro. He's right there. He's being interviewed, man. He's he's giving this pitch to like people because you know he's starting this company. He needs investors, right? So you're too so human. Huh? You're team human. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, he says you could come in in the morning and leave after an hour with a computer chip in your brain. And he says, think of it, think of it as having a Fitbit in your brain. That's get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Chen, it's he the future. You, you Come on. Able... Don't you want to get McDonald's like quicker? Nah, fuck that. Bro, he's yeah. like, it's like uh, you'll yeah. be able to listen to music. You'll be able to download and listen Everything. to music. No, and then, and then what? And then like further years down, they're going to be able to put whatever the fuck they want up in there. Yeah, but that's the thing though. It's, Someone's going to have to make easy. sure that system is working. Regulated. Uh, regulating stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that, I mean, that just opens up a whole can of worms about, uh, like, p- people being manipulated or people being put in information that only, you know, certain people want to see or want to put out there. So, Chente. I and mean, people it, are it's, being guided into this without them even knowing. For convenient, for convenient yes. reasons. Right, Go for exactly. It. Um, we, uh, we got to do a part two. We got to, uh, we got to get you back on, dude. We got to do this again. Uh, we, we we have to you know we have to cut it, dude. We've been going for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been a while. No, 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 but Chente, like we, Yo, this is really good. Though, we bro. could do a part two whenever you're ready. Like, just let me know, and we'll we'll do a part two. Like, that's what I'm trying to get at. But we're gonna. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good to me. Bro. We're gonna cut it. We're gonna cut it right here. Just you know, because we we've gotten some suggestions. 
and and we should listen to some some of these suggestions. I only listen to the suggestions that are coming from us. If Konyo <laughs> gives me a suggestion, I'm gonna take it. If Sal gives me a suggestion, I'm gonna take it. I want to say uh, shout out to Sal from the county yeah, for Sal, getting Chente bro. involved in this call. Ch- Chente, like this has been like you, th- yeah, bro, you're cool, off man. the chain, bro. And uh, we're gonna Dude, release it. This could be, be really um, episode. I mean, this was really good, man. Episode I mean, three. Hours past, and you feel like you go. Yeah, we're it. just shooting it. We're yeah. gonna do. We're gonna do episode three. If if you're available for episode four. Nice to meet you, Chente, by the way. Hey, Polo that's the... Right hey, nice to The overdose, man. Hey. Hey, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry. No, Chente, really quickly, you know, since we are saying our goodbye. Hey, man. It's it's always been a pleasure knowing you and considering yeah, you a, yeah. a friend, dude. Like, on, I can speak on my behalf, and I'm pretty sure, Suze, we always saw you, Noe, Sal, Jorge, all, all those as mentors, you know. You guys always took us under your wing, and like even like hanging out, like we would, you know, hang out and talk and you know shoot the breeze and everything. But it was always like, oh shit, Chente's here. All right, cool. Like you always took us to the next, the next level. You know, thinking different perspectives and thinking. Uh, even right now, you're doing that right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I also got throw in Jamie up in that also. Jamie always was good. Shout out to Jamie. Yeah, with different perspectives. So I always appreciated uh, you for that, Chente, and. Uh, it's cool, man, seeing how we were when we first met 20 years ago to, like, where we are now, you know? Like, you're a college professor. That's, that's you know, Berkeley and all that's fucking awesome, dude. We got to have a part four, dude. We got to, or uh, episode part four, part two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so, so before I go, I, I would also, ret- I want to return the favor and just say that um, you guys are a big reason why I, I want to be a better person. I hope you guys. Yeah. I hope you guys understand that I don't. I'm Dang, not saying that, yeah. uh, and I'm not bullshitting, bro. Like I'm not saying that's bullshit. I'm saying that because um, you guys have always. Everyone I met in San Jose, I felt like have have always that's been true. a better version of what I always wanted to strive for. And everyone in San Jose, man, I, I I wish I could be more like you guys. Everyone I came across, you know, like all the names you mentioned, or uh, you guys are a big reason. That I continue going, you guys are a big reason why I'm motivated to continue to do the things that I do because I learned a lot from you guys. Um, and, and when I reflect on my experiences gro- uh, growing up in San Jose, because I feel like that was my second shot at life, right? Or my my first real shot at life and, 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 and becoming a better person and just learning about existence, right? And I have you guys to thank for that, man. For real. I hope you guys know that. And that's how I want to do it. Yeah, check that out. I haven't met you in person here. It's Johnny Gang's little brother. But, yeah, bro, badass session, bro. Good-ass interviewer, bro. You're solid, bro. You're solid. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully we'll meet up for the second part. Hey, uh, we'll stay in touch, guys. We'll stay in touch. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll text you, uh, Jesus, and we'll we'll set this up for for the next time. Hey, Chet, Chet, uh, I just wanna I just wanna end it on a on a on a you know. I want to talk to my boy Johnny B right now, and I want Chet to be a part of it. Yeah. This is the latest conspiracy theory. Okay. L. A. Is going through some stuff because of Kobe's death. And what do you, what do you, what do you... I was in L.A. when Kobe died. Well, okay. I was in Disney when he died on Sunday. All right, so, so 
And I was at the, the Lakers. For the, Dodgers, the Lakers bro. won, or the Lakers are gonna win. And nah, it's, it's not. The it's Rams not are gonna win. Let's 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 see the shit how it is, bro. Lakers, look at the team they have. So that's a fucking scrap. That team. Oh, had they, to win. they threw LeBron a bone. Yeah, they had a win. It's yeah. conspiracy. Look theories. at the Dodgers, bro, though. Just, look at the Dodgers, bro. The fourth kind, you know. Motherf- we're just all of them there. hit. They got the pitching. It's just, it is what it is. Are bro. you are you big on conspiracy theories, Chant? Um, no, but I, I know about them, you know, like QAnon, like, I, I know about that shit, and, um, I, I don't think, uh, I mean, come on, Lakers just have a great team, yeah, and the Dodgers, bro, are, Dodgers are fucking monsters straight, straight up, bro, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, they can't, they I mean, can't the stop Dodgers them. should have more than one champion, why, why is it, it's kind of funny, hey, man. Chente, it's kind of funny, huh, cuando gana LA, there's a fucking big ass conspiracy to it, but then the motherfuckers cheat in Houston. It's all cool. Damn. What do you Hey, whoa. that. Right? Isn't it funny? Chester lived in Texas, but, bro. No. Pero gana Chester lived in Texas. No, but he's an L.A. boy. He's an L.A. He's an L.A. boy. It's funny how the Paisas went and then that's a fucking problem, huh? Yeah, fuck that. Hey, did the joke. Hey, thank you once again. We're going to we're gonna sign off. Danny, Danny B, anything? Hey, man, always a pleasure, Chente. We'll talk soon, man. Yeah, well, stay safe, brother. Hola, Mario, say anything. You guys uh, take care, man. We will talk soon. That's for sure. Chente, uh, going back on the Day of the Dead, it is uh, November 1st, Day of the Dead. Uh, for all the ones that I didn't... Uh, Roberto Rechiga. Roberto Rechiga just passed away on yeah, us yesterday. Yeah, he just passed away. Um, Ruben Felix, mi tata, uh, yeah. mi nana. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all the listeners out hey, there. Hey, Chino Antrax. My homie Ruben. Hey, there. the Skeleton May. The Skeleton May. Shout out to... Shout out to uh, know, George, Yanni. Noe, Jamie. And, uh, nice to meet you, Chante. And uh, I'm, I'm looking Ihinio, forward to... Shout out to Hinyo. Uh, hearing you again. Maybe I'll be out here again on another podcast. And uh, this is going to keep going, man. We're going to keep rising on this motherfucker, man. Fourth time cool. out here. Glad to be a part of it. Glad, Glad to, to be, be a part, part of it, man. man. All right, Chente, be safe, brother. Vale. Peace. Peace. As a reminder, we just want to tell you guys that the fourth kind was brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm has all your needs for starting a podcast. It shows you how to record it. It has the software. You can even edit the music. It also provides a free hosting. Uh, for your podcast and then distribute to everywhere that you might need to distribute your podcast so thousands of people can listen to the episodes just like this one today and most importantly Anchor.fm also hooks you up with sponsorships so you can get paid for your podcast so do yourself a favor go over to Anchor.com and check out uh, the services <laughs>